Welcome to Transition Gadgets 360's Gaming and Pop Culture podcast. Today's episode is going to be one hell of a marathon because we are going to be talking about all the announcements that were made at E3 2017. For the past 4 days I think we've been living in US time and we've put out I think over 100 news stories about E3 and we are going to be trying to cover as much of it as possible. So first up let me introduce the people who are on this podcast. Um we have our games editor Rishi Alwani. Hey hello. We have our friend of the podcast. That's Mikhail Madnani. Did you just say hello? Brave mind. <laughs> It happened. Hello. <laughs> We have our pop culture nerd who has a keen interest in gaming as well. That's Akhil Arora. Hey everyone. And I'm your host Pranay Parab. Did anybody notice that Rishi is the only one who's breaking our alliteration combo? You know, your MM, I'm PP, he's AA. What yeah. can I say? Combo breaker. Yep, that's what you are. Let's so, do this. Yeah, most important announcement um, is probably at EA Play, right? Mike, what do you think about FIFA 18? <laughs> like, I'm glad I didn't stay up for that conference. <laughs> I saw a super cut of it the next day and was reading about it, just like checking out what they did. I'm just so happy I didn't watch that. <laughs> I I think I understand why EA said uh, E3 is not relevant and we don't need to have a conference at E3 because they don't know how to have conferences. Uh, Even like the game I was looking forward to most from them, Battlefront 2, the presentation just showed how good it looked, but it was terrible. Mm. So like, I'm just glad I didn't watch it. What about y'all? I don't know. I thought uh, FIFA 18 was interesting because of not because of FIFA itself, but what they showed off. In the sense that it's nice to see the journey having a return. I mean, they had to considering how well it did the first time around. And the 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 way they stressed on the entire football lifestyle, the pro footballer lifestyle. and the way they stressed on you'd be going to exotic places to play and you and Cristiano Ronaldo will be you'd be you know uh, rubbing shoulders with Cristiano Ronaldo and and a, b- a bunch of other A-list footballers i thought that was really cool because it lived up to the whole football fantasy that most uh, fans of the sport have and uh, it, it it adds another dimension to the gameplay while and while honestly the journey to me at least was super cringeworthy i'd like to see ea take take some meaningful steps in terms of the design of 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 journey uh this time around maybe hopefully a actual uh actual choice where where choices do matter i hope and probably more uh, gameplay options and how you play it and i'm sure that's something akil can tell us about since he's one of the biggest fans of journey yeah so before he does i mean the journey mode thing even this time it looked totally cringeworthy them getting all those uh, celebrities um, basically all football celebrities plus uh, footballers yeah they even had two of them on stage as well yeah, yeah and uh, managers t- saying alex hunter is so amazing i mean have you even heard the dialogue in the first uh, fifa 17 journey mode like it was totally cringeworthy like you said yeah it is but then yeah. that lives Basically, up to the fantasy of showing off its financial muscles right yeah exactly, exactly. and uh, i think that this is a company wide trend for ea where they are going to the cinematic experience uh, as opposed to like uh, core gameplay which was prominent earlier so if you noticed uh, just skipping forward to another game um in in the series need for speed payback now they're going like the fast and furious yeah. way on that one yeah. and in fifa 18 they have this whole journey mode where you actually li- get to live the life of a footballer so with and fifa at least it's yeah. a step for es sport which hasn't happened before so i'm excited to see where they're going to take it and they hopefully they can improve on what they gave us in fifa 17 but with need for speed it almost feels like retracing it their old steps because if anyone remembers a game called the run then you will know that they br- brought hollywood actress maggie q to play like real life action scenes and even like uh, kaka scenes in between and eventually we, I think the game was called Undercover. I'm sorry. No, no, no. There were two the of run. them. There were two of them. The yeah, run. I think un- had, I think the run had Maggie Q and Undercover had Lucy Liu. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. So sure. Like, this is anyway. So this yeah. is a step Need for Speed has taken before, 
and they've not been that successful with it. Mm. So I'm not sure how they're gonna pull off. I mean, from the trailer we saw at EA Play, it did look, you know, cheesy. It d- that does look like the cutscenes are barely there just to, you know, get you more excited about what the driving you're gonna ultimately do. But is it gonna change? Like, is it is, when the Koenigsegg Gregora comes out of that truck? Is that gonna be a quick time event? Or am mm. I actually gonna get the joy of blasting through the door and driving on the highway? Yeah, so that wasn't evident. But that's the problem with these part cinematic trailers anyway, right? Yeah. That you can basically create things which are not in the game and you don't really get to know what actually is gonna happen. I think uh, they have taken a lot of influence from GTA 5 for what they showed off. And this isn't just the obvious stuff like triple protagonist. Like what Akhil mentioned about you need to get your car into the truck and all that shit. Like this is stuff we do in GTA 5. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole mission where you chase a boat uh, in your car trying to get that boat yeah. out. Like this just seems like they've taken stuff which you like in GTA and obviously their core, whatever they have in NFS with the customization options. But then again, GTA 5 also had these customization options. So uh, I'm obviously going to get it because I even got last year's NFS or the one two years ago, which even though it reviewed terribly because yeah, I like it was, NFS. It, it was a terrible game, that's why. So, but I will try this. But uh, And it also has set pieces. Like they're making a big deal about that saying we have set pieces in this. What is this, 2002? <laughs> Set pieces. I mean, it's EA. So but the pro- bigger problem here is that eventually Need for Speed, I feel like, hasn't been able to nail down its driving engine in the past few games, which is the most important thing, right? GTA 5 is a game about a characters in driving. The driving isn't as core to it. it I would say GTA 4's driving is sometimes better than some Need for game, games in the past era. I actually would agree with you there. But as you know much what, as I the, hate GTA 4, yeah. The funny thing is that uh, Mass Effect Andromeda has a very good driving experience. <laughs> so, I mean, the Need for Speed team helped the Mass Effect people. And the, they at least got the driving experience right, If even if the game wasn't perfect. Okay, so basically, instead of w- working on animations, they worked on driving for Mass Effect. They should yeah, have worked sense. on anime instead. That would have been better value. <laughs> okay, diagnosing right. aside, because the last Need for Speed game, it just, like, the, the weight of the car, the way it drives, the physics and everything didn't feel right. And compared to when you play games like Forza Horizon or Forza 6, for instance, and the new Dirt series, you can feel that the way the car works is much more realistic or arcadey, depending on the kind of field developers are going for. I feel, feel like Need for Speed is stuck in a middle ground somewhere, but they're trying to do something which is exciting, but they're not able to pull off. Like, for instance, in the last Need for Speed game, there would be instances where if your car, say, clips an edge, it would randomly spin out and, like, go o- over the yeah, bridge yeah. as if, like... Yeah. I don't know, hit a truck or something. It basically clipped an edge. So those, those sort of small things peeve you off because ultimately a driving game and you're trying to push away to like cinematic things or triple protagonists and or whatever, which is not the core. And they're missing out on even the core fun aspect of Need for Speed. Like, I mean, most people got into it because it was fun. NFS Underground 1, 2, even the old NFS 2 special edition. Yeah, NFS 2 SE. Like, Forza Horizon has just completely taken that away. Look at the Hot Wheels expansion yeah. and all. Like, why would and you even bother with NFS now if you're just going for that? Like, it's basically year? the brand name at this point. Yeah, literally. I mean, we know that. That's why EA is still trying to release games in it. If it yeah, wasn't maybe a, because NFS is available on PS4. Uh, I don't think it sold that well though. In no, fact, it didn't even sell well on PC last year. But Luckily here's the thing. And while all these complaints are valid, the scary part is, I guarantee you, what's going to happen? The game you get at launch on Need for Speed Payback and the game that it ends up being six months down the line after significant patches may end up being, well, a very different game. Mm. We did see that with 2015's Need for Speed. At least the uh, the PS4 version had significantly better visuals, had significantly better lighting, had 
slightly better, more responsive controls for driving versus what it was at launch. Now, that is also something to keep in mind uh, because, again, with most things EA and considering that, well... Yeah, let's not know, forget what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, yeah. face animations, you're giving them two months after launch. So, yeah, so that's yeah. the thing, right? It's, it's a thing right now where I don't think it makes sense to go in day one on Need for Speed or yeah. or a lot of games these days yeah. because what's probably going to happen is three months down the line, six months down the line, you're going to see a bunch of patches that make it better and you're going to have a price drop of at least 20, 25, 30%. So why spend day one? Yeah. And th- that's going to be a common recurring theme uh, going forward the way I see it. And with Need for Speed, but with Need for Speed in particular, it's more apparent. Mm. At least if I compare it to last. I think this is why something like EA Access or Origin Access is really good because Mm. you can get that subscription which you already have for other games. Try out the game. If it's if it's not good for you, you can just wait it for to get it into the vault and then play it later. Yeah, it's free for a week right now, isn't it? Uh, I think yeah, it should expire on the 18th. Yeah. Uh, So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean we're recording this I think on 14 June. It's about 12 hours after the Nintendo event. Yeah. So So that's the thing. Yeah, it 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 should still be free by the time this goes up. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, But I think. And and while FIFA and Need for Speed were de- are definitely big highlights, especially for India, what's also what's amusing to note is uh, yeah, FIFA has in this country been the biggest selling game year on year. Yeah, so we missed on one point in FIFA is that um, Akhil, I think you should talk about that that Cristiano Ronaldo wearing that motion sensing suit right. and them yeah. going after the realistic, uh, I mean realistic football animation. More type. like Real Madridistic. Yeah, which is like both. I feel EA Sports and Konami have been doing for the last seven years now. Yeah. And I feel like the only te- technology has slowly gotten better, which is why they now like keep talking about it every few years hmm. and because also if you're paying so much for Cristiano Ronaldo it makes sense to show him off in the yeah. trailers and everywhere yeah. it's it's also frostbite right like properly frostbite yeah so that, that is probably a, a b- more important thing as well so this hmm. is the first time I'm guessing they've gotten a Ronaldo or Messi while they have frostbite engine hmm. so I'm guessing they will be able to better replicate so which we saw in the trailer right yeah. we saw Raheem Sterling jumping off the way he does in yeah. real life we saw Ronaldo's mannerisms being portrayed a little more realistically but more importantly, which like the, they were focusing a lot on the journey, which I feel needs still tweaking to go away from. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what you, the point you're making for with Ronaldo though. But no, that uh, this year the focus is more on like all these players doing the realistic things. Uh, I mean, with the new engine and all. So like, could you have like a more realistic experience while playing the game because you could relate to the players that you see on TV? I mean, week in week out. So frankly, with FIFA 17, I feel like EA has gotten really close to mm. the real world football experience. It's basically fine tuning here and there, mm. and also because this was the first time they switched to Frostbite engines, they made mm. a lot of mistakes because, which is arguably normal for when you mm. switch to a new engine. So they have to get those errors out as they move forward, which they will. I'm hopefully. And so that is more important. Otherwise, gameplay-wise, I'm not really sure what they can bring in terms of you know simulation-based realistic experience. Because mm. we got a lot of these things, uh, new things in 17 as well. We got low shots, we got low headers, we got driven passes, we got driven through balls. So it's, and I feel like maybe this is sort of a short-sighted thing on consumers as well. Maybe like we don't realize what we need until like you know they think of it like oh what. I never thought of that that could be put in as well. Hmm. I mean, that's all fine. And while I do agree that it's reached the point where it seems feature complete, all I'm interested in mainly is that let the journey mode, let me play as Alex Hunter hmm. in a defensive role, please. Hmm. <laughs> Which wasn't there in the first in the first outing of the journey. Yeah, that's been a problem yeah, for like, EA in general, right? But because the story even, hasn't been written around that, right? So, then that's yeah. the point. You, you have Bioware, which is one of the most, which makes the most flexible stories. Yeah around and they're very flexible with their storytelling and they allow, allow for different outcomes. We've seen it to a large degree with Dragon Age. We've seen it to a large degree with Mass Effect. Mm. Give us that option in, in FIFA. It's been a uh, FIFA problem in general because even when they first started with Beer Pro, 
they did not they were completely focused on either cams which is the most midfielder po- for position possible or attackers only mm. so which which meant all your achievements and all your targets were catered around scoring goals or giving assists mm. so if you played as a cdm if you wanted to play someone as carrick you were basically screwed you couldn't mm. do perform to the levels they were expecting you to and you eventually had to force your cdm to go and score a goal mm. so th- even with ax center i feel like that's because the most popular players in the world tend to be forwards right mm. which is why ronaldo messi even if there are comparable versions of them in midfield they will always be more popular in the world and that's why ea is betting that alexander as a forward will work out better true i think mm. uh, hopefully like in a year or two they get to the level 2k is at with the nba storyline because right. uh, nba has been improving considerably even though every year when it comes out everyone's like oh it's perfect now don't change anything they still make it better every year so and the story mode last year was really good so yeah. i want to see what they yeah. do this year i heard a lot about that story mode by yeah. the way which yeah. i've been playing recently and it's 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 quite good so like mm. it does let you do that so like in the beginning it asks you what do you want to be like sharp shooter in a point guard mm. if you want to be defensive player how tall you want to be so b- making you tall you become slower but then you can become a very good blocker in the back, back. Mm. so that does allow it and they did like screw up in the between they had one year when they brought in spike lee to consult on the story mode yeah, yeah. yeah. that was before this yeah that was before yeah. the one that was 2016 and that didn't work out too well and they ditched that and they moved you know to a different thing mm. and they which is now es copying as well so like the 2k17 has michael b jordan the guy who's uh, was in creed the movie and he plays a guy who is growing alongside you at a much faster rate sadly mm-hmm. though i don't know why so which is what uh, Ma- they're doing with madden now ea uh, in terms of they're getting mahesh ali the oscar winning actor mm. to play your mentor or sort of and this time shack is on the cover bro of the legend <laughs> edition come on beat that <laughs> all right then before we spend the entire podcast talking yeah, about yeah isn't isn't shack a uh, like a star wars character oh i thought you were going to say isn't shack something in goa <laughs> yeah well, so played, yeah Speaking of Star Wars, uh, Battlefront Two. Uh, oh man, like just they just <laughs> wasted too much time on it. Like we're already gonna buy it. The funniest thing was when the uh, uh, the woman who was playing the main uh, who you the protagonist of the story mode came out and looked all angry and all that. She's like, uh, uh, "Yeah, I play this person, and it has a story mode, and this much more content is like literal overcompensation." Like we know. the previous game had like less content than it should have but uh, <laughs> this was just hilarious and then they showed the tweet and they said there was a lot of constructive feedback it almost feels like disney was like being the master of puppets over here like forcing them to do all this yeah but fun. all and and while i do agree like for for us who are basically you know clued into the matrix 24/7 365 it might seem like overkill and rightly so because uh, i mean let's be honest man uh, star wars battlefront great concept amazing god tier sound design but actual gameplay nuts and bolts yeah not there there wasn't enough 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 to go by so but but then what we also have to keep in mind is especially the way conferences have been going these days particularly from the likes of EA and the way EA focuses on YouTube YouTubers <laughs> and influencers it's 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 the, the the scope and the audience for these conferences have changed it ne- before it used to be about the press it used to be about uh sales figures it used to be about attack rates it used to be about you know uh what new sequels and how and when you're expecting them with announcements usually years before a game would actually come out but with with EA we're seeing and and in fact with a lot of the other publishers and a lot of the other E3 conferences what we're seeing is a, is a, a focus that's more direct to consumer that's more directly into the hands of well the people who will eventually buy the game yeah. mm-hmm. and i don't think that's a wrong way to go that's a right way to go uh, not and more so because 
I mean, I'm not complaining because uh, I think 12 hours before the event uh, started, we got our first taste of the multiplayer thanks to leaks, which were done by YouTubers themselves. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the way forward for them. And coming back to Star Wars, um, I think the single player campaign is looking pretty cool. I, I like what I saw. Uh, multiplayer also looked pretty nice. I, I do see myself checking it out. If For the only reason, if at all, is because... EA has made it very clear there's no season pass. Mm. So which means uh, I can buy a copy if a friend of mine buys the game six months later just to try it out. Everyone will be on the same level playing field. Mm. I really like that. That's a really good I decision. wouldn't know if they'll be on the same level playing field. Content-wise, yeah, not Content item-wise and all. Yeah. Because there are like going to be loot box-like yeah. elements. And but the uh, fact that you don't have to pay like as much as the game costs just to yeah, like keep it, up with the development costs. It's usually, it's usually $60 for the game or 4000 in India or 3499 and $50 for the yeah. premium. That's what they call it or the expansion pass. So this year you don't need to do that. You probably need to spend a bit uh, if you get too into it for getting some items which I'm sure are going to be locked behind this but at least maps are all... Uh, yeah. They've been talking about this. It's affected them a lot in Battlefield 1 where the community has been split up and they've been trying yeah. to do... Uh, get together events where they let one person who has premium invite people who don't have premium to play together but yeah this is good they've learned from that at least so yeah and more so if you consider that battlefield one which also was announced with a new dlc in the name of the sar looks really which good looks really really cool uh where you can where where there are i think a bunch of i think six to eight new maps and uh the inclusion of the russian army with the uh women of death kind of uh, does that mean you get a new single player campaign as well oh uh, no it's all multiplayer mm. yeah i know right uh so but the Coming back to Battlefield, while they did announce some cool stuff, uh, it also has been fractured by the fact that the PC version of Battlefield games, which have been uh, the stronghold for the franchise, haven't been doing as well as uh, EA would have anticipated. It, mm. The server stats are public, and you can tell, right? Like, it's reached a point where uh, even the Xbox One version of Battlefield games have a larger audience than the PC versions. And uh, this also seems to be the case uh, even with uh, with Battlefront as well. We saw the user base taper off on PC. Mm. So I, I think a move like this, where you where where a season pass isn't a necessity, where uh, maps are made for free, will actually in the long run help uh, help those who are playing on PC to continue and keep playing long after release. Because mm. like uh, just as of this recording, uh, the the people playing Battlefield One right now on PC is under ten thousand. On Xbox One, which has obviously the lowest install base of players, yeah, is uh, nearly twenty five thousand, and PS Four is nearly thirty five thousand. So. That's pretty insane. Yeah, but that's right now, right? Peak numbers, I can see. Okay, I mean, so the peak numbers in the last 24 hours is like 84,000 for PS4, 55 for Xbox, and 30 for PC. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah, something has to do also with that how demanding these games are, right? Because Battlefield 1 requires you to have like a good, a new current yeah. generation graphics card. You cannot run it on anything beyond a 900 series on NVIDIA. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, Battlefield 1 is not going to see numbers like Counter-Strike, yeah. Global Offensive, which is runs on anything, unfortunately. Mm. So, Yeah, I guess you can say PC gamers have no way out. <laughs> You're welcome. So, yeah, speaking of that, uh, the most interesting game... What do you mean, game... the WWE pay-per-view? <laughs> the most interesting game at the EA Play event was A Way Out. Which is a co-op-only game, kind of an interesting game design choice. Uh, it's an EA Originals game, basically an indie yeah. game which EA is supporting. Uh, so Hazelight Studios is the one that's developing. Yeah. It, so the which, reason is that because yeah. the developer's previous game, uh, a brother. Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Yeah, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Thank yeah. you. Uh, was co-op as well. It, yeah. It 
I mean, it wasn't co-op in the same way because this one requires, I think, two players. That one you you switched, so the game yeah. you played with one brother, and then the game switched to the other brother, and then you played with the other one. Yeah. So I mean, before you speak about this, because Akhil is our in-house co-op enthusiast, uh, he has a real brother, so <laughs> he plays only co-op games as much as possible. Uh, but yeah. So before you like go on to that, the most interesting thing for me was that one player in this co-op uh, game can right. be in a cutscene while the other player has to continue yeah. playing. So that was actually a good thing because it's like independent co-op, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have a shared experience. So for example if you play as the first player i think two inmates find each other and they help each other escape that's the base story right so if you play as the first player you'll have a completely different game experience as when you play as a second player in this right. game so yeah i mean i don't know from a co-op perspective what do you think of it so it's really cool in the sense that they've um been thinking of you know co-op gaming which has dwindled down in recent years which is something nintendo has brought up as well with the switch which i'm really glad to see is that they're really emphasizing you know playing on the same console or playing in the same room as opposed to playing across you know the world and just like chatting through your headset so i really that, like that aspect uh, but i'm still sort of apprehensive to see how they nail it down so if, if, if the cutscene goes on for too long or if like the actions are being performed or how different the experience is like i'm i'm obviously hoping that they've spent enough time to nail down you know that the both the players have an equal experience then none of the players you know have a a bigger arc to play in the story which would be exciting to see as well yeah so this game is coming in 2018 sometime they said i think it was 2018 yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, so at least yeah, we have one like, last thing to mention yeah. about the co-op is uh, unlike other games that have co-op you can't party up with a random person here you right. can only play online co-op with your friend like someone okay. on your friends list it's not uh, you can't just play with a random person so they are encouraging you to play this with your friends mm. yeah also because i think it's a story experience right mm. it's it's got experience you can have from start to finish and that's it there's no side quests or anything which yeah. is why they're encouraging you to play with the same player over and over again which will be a friend which will not be a random person yeah so basically both people need to have like one copy of the game if they're encouraging online yeah this is not nintendo yeah. or the old nintendo yeah but yeah. this is this could be a great game for the switch though if yeah. ea was interested to like eventually develop it. I think it's a Frostbite game and I don't think they're doing Frostbite oh, right, for yeah. Switch yeah, as yeah. of now. That makes sense. Which is why either FIFA and Switch as well is not as good. We're it's on the Ignite engine, which is the last gen the last engine. engine. With AI improvements from FIFA 17, as they call it, and without the journey, but with Ultimate Team. Yeah, which is yeah, because really the journey requires Frostbite. That's why the journey is missing. Okay. Which is really complicated because you think if they remove one thing, it would be ultimate team because of the switch. While it's an online, while it can go online, doesn't have uh, a lot of its infrastructure in place yet. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, before we uh, start talking about all those things, I think it's time to move to uh, Rishi's favorite part of the EA. I mean, the whole uh, E3 event itself. It's oh, you mean Dishonored to Death of the Outsider? No, I don't mean oh. that. I, I mean that uh, there's one new console which was announced. I don't know, oh, it's yeah, called some triple X box one X X X or something like that. Oh, so basically the leak box X. Oh yeah. So uh, Microsoft finally told us that their new console, which is coming out this year, is the Xbox One X. Previously, aka the artists formerly known as Project Scorpio or Xbox Scorpio. I think it's called Ten Box One Ten. <laughs> what a weird name, but yeah. Uh, prior to it being officially announced, the price got leaked thanks to Jeff Keighley, uh, who basically said that, yeah, unless something changes last minute, it'll be at $499. Yeah, and uh, he basically had like a Twitter war with the Destiny 2 uh, Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, price announcement yeah. was so buried in the announcement. Like basically Spencer in the end was like 499 and then she like walked yeah. away. Yeah, yeah I, I think the reason why, I have a feeling the leak was orchestrated simply because you don't, wa- because there's going to be a core audience for this. And you want and you want them to settle into how much it'll actually be before it's actually announced. So you know, just to prep them mentally, this is how much you have to spend. 
uh, but well, that aside it's like yeah. you're doing a surgery on someone I mean, yeah it, it is it is like it is. everyone kept saying that no no microsoft is just leading everyone on with this whole premium console thing but it actually costs uh, and it's probably going to cost $200 more than the PS4 Pro when it gets a price drop this holiday yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, now it's only like logical that Sony has to do a price drop on the Pro and the regular PS4. Even if Sony doesn't do it, we know how Black Friday operates. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that Amazon and Best yeah, Buy will yeah. at least drop $50. But I mean, I, we, I, we already saw uh, 339 for the Pro with three games and they were like Skyrim, Horizon Zero Dawn. Stuff like that happens in the US all the time. So this holiday season, you'd actually be able to get a PS4 Pro and an Xbox One S for the price of Project Scorpio hmm. and get everything together. <laughs> Xbox One X, not Scorpio. Scorpio's code name. <laughs> okay, fine. So, but I mean, like we knew they weren't going to drop the Xbox One brand name because then you have to change all the boxes. You have to change yeah. all your the good or bad will build Plus, up. Plus, he talked order. about how t- difficult it is to get uh, the spe- Scorpio brand name around the world trademarked as well, hmm. which yeah. is a b- big decision for them. And uh, But then... The console itself basically looks like a smaller uh, black Xbox One S. Hmm. Uh, it has its own uh, custom GPU, own custom cooling solution. 12 GB RAM. 12 GB of RAM, 6 teraflops of power. 6 tera? 6 teraflops oh. of power. <laughs> more, more RAM than exclusives? <laughs> yeah, literally more RAM than exclusives at this stage. And we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, and yeah, it seems to be... Uh, Microsoft claims it's the smallest console available, which hmm. they've ever made. Uh, and has a lot of power under the hood. Now... The, the promise and the, the way Microsoft has gone about positioning and marketing and uh, presenting the Xbox One X has all been built around power. Now, for, for those of us who've been, old, who've been playing games as long as we have, um, this is the same premise under which they launched the original Xbox. This is the same premise that made the Xbox 360 one of the most successful consoles of all time. The focus on sheer power, the focus on spec, the focus on... Uh, allowing developers to do what they need to do. And it, it, it's been a part of the Xbox heritage, if you may, since the, since, since its inception. And as a long-time uh, fan and as a gamer, it, it was nice to see Microsoft come back. At least it seemed that way. Uh, you know, even prior to the event, they had uh, they, they invited fans in and gave them T-shirts saying, uh, I was there at the launch of the world's most powerful console ever and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that was cringeworthy. It, yeah, it got almost cultish to a point. But... And while for for a large part it's kind of validated, what really uh, bugged me was you can't say you're the most powerful console ever, uh, and you can't say that you're going to do true 4K now, uh, which basically means native 4K, uh, and you can't say that you're going to be uh, supporting all cool nice stuff which you should be supporting like 60 FPS when at the end of the day your spec sheet allows developers to use methods which are known as cheating like checkerboard resolution. So what this essentially means is, for those of you who aren't that technically inclined, consoles like the PS4 Pro, while they do output games at 4K, they're not exactly 4K. They use shortcuts and methods like checker, checkerboard rendering or uh, dynamic resolution, wherein at times when, when when there's too much things going on on screen, to make sure the frame rate is stable, they drop a few, pi- they drop they drop the pixels down a bit. Mm. So you might, you, it's, it's a blink and you miss kind of situation. I mean, like, uh, it tech is very, no- I mean, the it tech engine is very good with this. We've seen, both Wolfenstein and then Doom do this. Yeah. Where to maintain a solid 60 FPS, you adjust the resolution based on need. Yeah. Mm. So uh, that's so. these are techniques the PS4 Pro uses. And it's understandable. And Sony has been very upfront about it. When they announced the PS4 Pro last year, Mike Cerny, who's a, who's a technical architect on the PS4, on, on PS4 Pro, actually said on stage that, yeah, we encourage developers to use these methods for a consistent frame rate and for, you know, the best of both worlds. 
but but for the Xbox One X to actually allow this mm. and let this happen is a is a huge affront to, to to your end consumers, and more so when you when you debut the console with games like Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, and then while and while the developers claim that it's at 4K and that it's running at whatever frames per second it's running, nicely say in an interview later that oh yeah it's, it has a dynamic resolution it's not native 4K and it's 30 FPS and it's 30 FPS so. while the announcement itself at E3 during that one event was super strong more so when you consider that buying an alternative pc to run at 4k is a lot more expensive especially with like g-sync and all that yeah, stuff yeah it's a it's a it, for the tech it seemed like a good deal right but then slowly but slowly it seems that microsoft is hell bent on sabotaging it i mean you you can't if you're allowing for situations for developers to you know not give you a native 4k or native 60 fps experience then there is a problem i mean even destiny 2 you think that could do 60 fps and 4k on the x on the xbox one x but even that's not the case uh i think what most people are forgetting and obviously what microsoft is trying to hide with this is the cpu is like the gpu has gotten a massive upgrade over the xbox one and over the ps4 pro but the cpu it's still like a jaguar in the end and that's going to hold back open world game frame rates that's going to hold back 60 fps in a lot of experiences yeah faucet fittings are never go- good for cpus why <laughs> this is why i hope you buy an xbox one x he Because will he will trust maybe me maybe he'll get one from his ex Then to <laughs> me to yeah. me what like, what seems a problem here is that i feel like consoles have gotten to a stage where they've actually ahead of what the developers and the games are being made right now They they brought the future before it's ready for most consumers, and they've brought it in place to ensure when the developers and the consumers want to upgrade, the upgrade will be available and won't be sometime in the future. I mean, or uh, Sony, uh, I think who was it? Andrew Ryan said that fifty percent of the people who have a PS4 Pro are using Andrew it House. On, Andrew House, sorry, yeah, uh, said that they're using it on a 4K display. So, like half the people with a PS4 Pro already have a 4K, and we know like 4K is really popular in the US with. Given how low those t- TVs are priced over there, so they everyone's trying to get 4K because everyone tried to get HD last year and it didn't work. Yeah, 4K but it's doesn't... also because only one in five PlayStations are being sold first for Pro. Oh, so obviously Xbox One S and PlayStation 4 Slim are going to be the focus for developers because yeah. of the install base. I mean, that's the same reason why Nintendo's still releasing stuff on 3DS. You have like 70 or 80 million consoles versus like exactly. five for the Switch, so you don't want to just abandon that install yeah. base. And uh, Actually, when you even come back to the Xbox One X, one thing they made very clear was the support for full HD TVs. Uh, they they did say that a lot of people who would probably end up picking up the Xbox One X still have a 1080p display, and what will happen is that games that are are at 4K will will super sample, meaning they'll be they'll be presented to you at at 1080p but with 4K assets. So this is this is and this is on an OS level, so developers don't have to actually do this. I know. So build. this is something. Uh, this is where uh, Microsoft's Windows sort of capability comes into hand. Because they've been doing this for years yeah, on yeah. Windows 10 already, so like I can render FIFA 17 at 4K even when I have a 1080 monitor, and then have better assets and better looking on a 1080 screen. Yeah, mm. but then uh, what was interesting was obviously aside from the hardware, they 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 claim there were over 40 games coming to uh, Xbox One. 42, of which 22 are exclusives. Yeah. So yeah. here's the thing. Uh, If if all you went by was the press conference, and if you didn't look into the fine print or probably didn't do a Google search at, uh, later, you'll actually notice that out of those so-called twenty-two exclusives, there were very few that are actually legitimately, permanently exclusive. The five, I think. 
yeah i think max to max 5 or yeah. 22 yeah, yeah. because oh uh, so just as sony introduced this term when they announced street fighter 5 as a console exclusive what that means is uh playstation 4 will be the only console which has this right. game it can be on pc or even mobile i guess a uh, street fighter 5 was funded by sony in some part so it wasn't on any other platform and it has cross play uh after that they have these things called uh, launch exclusives which means that you just launch first on some platform and then go everywhere else in microsoft's case almost everything they announced was console launch exclusives now instead of saying timed exclusives they just say console launch exclusives like games like player unknown battlegrounds which is massively popular on pc is going to launch on xbox one first as a console but it's going to be on ps4 later we saw this with city skyline as well it launched on xbox one it's really well done but it's coming on ps4 later so everything they showed off except for the stuff which was already announced is coming on ps4 okay. so basically crackdown is is an exclusive so crackdown 3 we'll get to how yeah. terrible that is but the only new announcement which they had was uh, for their own exclusive was forza motorsport 7 which everyone knew was yeah. going to happen that's like saying you know water is wet yeah new forza game what about that sea of thieves that so sea of thieves and state of decay have been shown off quite a few times now and they've been pushed to 2018 which is disappointing okay. yeah but they are like legit exclusives right not like fake exclusives no but uh, so everything microsoft has as a as a proper exclusive is actually a console exclusive because it's on mm. windows 10 as well yeah, yeah so that's another thing anywhere, uh yeah. the term exclusive has been redefined it seems where when it isn't what it means it's supposed to mean it's on that one platform but now yeah it cracked down 3 pc and xbox forza motorsport 7 pc and xbox uh and i think that it has to go with any other form of so exclusive like like that. Yeah, that's also down to because also microsoft has redefined how it sees the console experience as, as well it wants eventually to merge console and pc at one point in the future it's just just know the future isn't here yet so yeah. then here's the thing if that's the case and while i do agree from a business standpoint it's very shrewd because eventually you'll reach a future where you don't have to worry about hardware costs Why don't you just why don't you just jettison the console business altogether and just have PCs? Mm. No, because it's risky right now. It's like abandoning the console race while you're already use, losing it. I don't know, That man. Is... It, to me, this is like watching. I mean, as as someone who who who's who's been a big fan of things Xbox and who's also been a fan of Windows Phone, this seems to be win- the console equivalent of Windows Phone very soon. Uh okay so yeah. uh, is that Ori and the Will of the Wisps that's also an exclusive Yeah so that was uh, so Forza Motorsport 7 and Ori and the Will of the Wisps now this was a, a part of a leak last year which actually didn't get announced as a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest so they announced it this year and they said it's coming in 2018 I think yes. and uh, it's on Xbox One and Windows 10 uh, Yeah people who bought Ori and the Blind Forest on Steam obviously are wondering when it's coming to Steam it's probably going to be a timed pc exclusive to the windows 10 store yeah, like i love so. microsoft <laughs> so uh but like i i'm not really looking forward to it because ori and the blind forest looks good sounds good gameplay was terrible it was okay it had a few controller issues but yeah it was pretty terrible like for people who play metroidvania games like guacamelee takes a massive dump on this oh yeah it does guacamelee for all my hate for all things guacamelee is a better game i'll give it that but see you have to also understand for uh If you're an Xbox owner and you want a good Metroidvania experience, uh, for those of you who don't know, Metroidvania games are basically are usually stylized as 2D platformer games with a heavy emphasis on exploration and uh, replayability to the sense where you'll end up backtracking to a lot of levels with newer items that make them easier to progress and mm. they're characterized by having a somewhat decent story. So uh, 
if you look at that kind of narrow scope and genre, there's very little on the Xbox One X or on Windows for that matter. I mean, so no, Windows has quite a bit through Steam. Via Steam, yes. But through the Windows store, like almost nothing. Exactly. But then like, I, I don't see why anyone would buy this if they've already played Ori and the Blind Force when you can get other games like Axiom Verge, which is also on Xbox. I think the only reason people would buy it is because it's an exclusive. Good point. So I mean, that explains Halo and Gears of War. <laughs> Hate. <laughs> which were missing from the E3. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. Which were missing. Uh, I mean, it. I find it really this amazing. This is the first uh, E3 in, I think, nine years where there was no Halo, by the way. Or Gears. I, I think Gears has skipped a few, but this yeah, is the first time yeah. there was no Halo at all. Yeah, and at Microsoft showing. In fact, there was Halo at, at the PC at the PC gaming show where they announced an expansion to Halo Wars Two. But yeah, no Halo. Man, at, at Xbox Microsoft. One X was a real Halo. It's not a Halo product. It's like a Halo coming down to be a. Oh, noose. you mean the Metallica song Halo on Fire? And the only exclusive for the Xbox One, like only real exclusive. If you even exclude Windows 10. Uh, games which I don't because I feel like that's Microsoft itself so it's still exclusive only exclusive exclusive was the original Xbox compatibility exactly so which basically means for those of you like who again yeah this is like 90s only 90s kids will remember <laughs> uh, the, there is there is backwards compatibility for the original Xbox that's coming uh, it will work similarly to how backward compatibility for Xbox 360 games works what this means is if you have a disc of, of original Xbox games some of us do uh, you just put it into your Xbox One. It'll download uh, a core, a version of the game that's that's compatible with your with your Xbox One or Xbox One S or Xbox One X, and uh, you'll be able to play that. Now, what's really cool is this means while the original now see the original Xbox didn't have the greatest catalog, all things considered, but it had some really fun exclusives. There were titles like Panzer Dragoon Aorta, which was uh, on rail shooter, which was exclusive to the Xbox, to the original Xbox. There were games like Brute Force, which was a third-person shooter, kind of like a progenitor to Gears of War, which is also on the original Xbox. You had titles like, uh, obviously, Halo, which yeah, you probably Sega stuff. Yeah, which is what I said, Panzer Dragoon. And uh, Jet, Set Jet, Set Ra Radio. Jet Set Radio Future, not exactly an exclusive, but yes, very cool title. I, it, it originally Shenmue debuted... Too. Oh yes, Shenmue 2 <laughs> and, and so long story and the original Half-Life also made it on the I mean, Xbox. So, uh, the, Xbox. The, the funny thing about the original Xbox is at the time a lot of PC RPG, PC only RPG developers uh, jumped ship and started releasing stuff over here like Microsoft got a lot of stuff published under yeah, the Microsoft so, Studios brand. These are games you never expect to see on console and they were doing it at that time. Yeah, so Knights of the Old Republic 1, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Jade Empire. Jade Empire. I mean all uh, these games which are now on iPad. So Yeah, so, <laughs> is long, so yeah, in a way if you think about it, you can use your brand new Xbox One X to play games from 2002. And the the funny but, thing is yeah. uh, if we if it if it actually is like how it's probably going to be better because Sony sucks at this stuff. Uh, so G, the GTA PS2 game are playable on PS4 through emulation and they look terrible. I mean, sure, they're upscaled to 1080, but they look absolutely garbage. I bought Vice City because it's Vice City, but I mean, that stuff looks better on an Android phone. Yeah, so point is, uh, you can expect uh, the good thing though, and this is to me the biggest, I think the most underplayed segment of the entire Microsoft event was the fact that there is compat. you essentially, if you buy an Xbox One or Xbox One S or Xbox One X, uh, you're you're ensured compatibility, at least in theory, you're ensured compatibility across all generations of Xbox consoles. I mean, they said this, this, is, this is the Xbox for all Xbox, basically. Exactly, yeah. which is like, hey, PC gaming. So mm. yeah, and they also yeah. said you'll be able to link all like games from four generations together and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're even re-releasing the original Xbox that controller, which, the Duke. Yes, which looks like that SpongeBob meme. Yeah, that's now. the perfect nostalgia like hit. Yeah, mm. so 
I think to me that was that was the highlight. And, and that's a, that's a, that's a place where they're really like showing how outdated Sony is with this stuff because everyone has nostalgia for the PS1 and Sony's just remastering these games and some of them aren't even exclusives. Yeah. You could just release like the old controllers yeah. and make compatibility work like Nintendo's you did the... entire brand is built on nostalgia. Yeah, yeah so, so like it's just hilarious how out of touch Sony is with this stuff. Yeah, speaking yeah. of the PS1, I remember there was one Dragon Ball fighting game on the PS1. I forgot the name of that. I really there used were, to There were a ton of them but What's yeah. more important about fighting games on the PS1? Uh, there was this franchise born on the PS1 called Guilty Gear. Mm. And that's a game which I probably am the only one who likes in the whole country. Mm. But that same game has evolved through the years. And the best fighting game and the highest rated on Metacritic and OpenCritic fighting game of this year is Guilty Gear XR Rev 2. Mm. Dragon Ball is getting a game based on the same engine from the same developers and it looks fantastic. Yep. And it, it, it was shown off at the Xbox event. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, called Microsoft, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, right? Yes. And Microsoft, uh, Phil Spencer went to Japan and had a very successful trip, but apparently it was just to get multi-platform games. So. Yeah, so wait, he went to Japan, he cancelled Scalebound. Yeah. And he got his Dragon Ball. Not as an exclusive, just to show it off as an exclusive. So it's a conference exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> yeah, every single trailer they showed started with world premiere, world I premiere. Mean, I, I, like I saw this picture on Twitter, which is exclusively available only on Xbox, PlayStation 4 and PC. Like, that's the whole Microsoft conference. But, but yeah, so uh, Dragon Ball Fighters from Bandai Namco and Arc System Works were the developers. Looked fantastic. Uh, it's on Unreal Engine 4 and Arc System Works own modifications to that. I'm day one on that, even though I do not care about Dragon Ball mm. as a franchise. Uh, the other game they showed off was uh, an action RPG from the God Eater team Shift, which is called Code Vein. Hmm. Now, this is essentially an anime version of Dark Souls. At least that's what they showed off. And uh, it was optimized for Xbox One X. So it's a little funny seeing uh, Japanese games get like all these all these features shown off at Xbox conferences. But yeah, I'll take it. So that was something which I'm interested in. But uh, probably not going to play it on Xbox. So Yeah, cool. So before we wrap up this segment, there are two things we need to talk about. First is, Mike, any indies that we missed out on? A lot. Yeah. So Because uh, a lot of console launch exclusive indies were shown off. Uh, Tacoma got a nice long gameplay reveal, which still doesn't tell me anything about it. I'm still day one on it's it. It's a walking simulator. Wow. <laughs> Firewatch in space without someone to talk to. Life is Strange was Xbox yes. event, right? So yeah. uh, Life is Strange was uh, revealed at the Xbox conference as, as Life is Strange Before the Storm. Prequel, yeah. Which is a three episode prequel to Life is Strange made by another studio. And uh, this is uh, this is pretty, uh, that was pretty some nonsense from Square Enix on this. You need to pre-order the deluxe edition of the game, not the normal season pass edition to get a prequel or a, another episode, which is not going to be available in the standard edition. So uh, my, Square Enix bringing AAA stuff into episodic games. <laughs> Clearly, Square Enix needs to like take a lesson from EA's page. Square oh. Enix needs to do a lot of things, but that's yeah, that's, that's another episode. podcast. But, <laughs> so, I, but yeah, if so, the treatment of uh, Life is Strange uh, ends up being anything like Hitman is, we know what's going to happen soon. So uh, other than uh, then, they showed off this uh, indie called The Last Night. Uh, what's interesting about this is it it was a very unique way of displaying pixel art and animation. Uh, it had this weird noir cyberpunk feel to it, but it also had realistic lighting. And stuff like that. It looked very interesting. Uh, that's again going to come to everything. But uh, the main announcement for Rishi at least was Metro Exodus. Oh, yes. Mm. That is like definitely one of... So 
when uh, for those of you who don't know the metro franchise uh, consists of two pri- of two prior games one being metro 2033 another one being metro last light and uh, like metro exodus f- f- is a follow up it takes place in post apocalyptic russia uh, it's called metro because a lot of the time you'll find yourself underground in well metros uh, <laughs> yeah i did not know that thank <laughs> exactly. you exactly spoiler so uh, and and you, you usually face off against a lot of unruly you know mutated animals of sorts or even mutated humans random monster the scare yeah. factor is there in yeah, that so game, yeah so the the game has a few jump scares to it yeah. uh and what's even uh, but then and then aside from those kind of enemies you'll also f- find yourself against neo nazis mm. who for some reason have access to crazy wokash you'll even find civil entire civilizations of people underground as well so there's a lot uh, there's there's a lot going for it in terms of uh, what you can do in terms of gameplay what you can do in terms of exploration there's even a sort of a very subtle choice system built in where at least i remember in the first game if you didn't give a certain item to a certain npc at a certain time uh it gives you the it defaults you to the bad ending which i thought was very subversive and very <laughs> cool for that time uh and exodus well hopefully builds on all these things but what we saw at the at the microsoft conference was a very generous chunk of gameplay which was uh, which which the developers later stated was on a pc with compatible xbox one x spec mm. uh a nice open world of sorts where you could you know zip line across one area you had a crossbow you had you had makeshift weaponry like rifles you had the usual mask so in this game when you're when you're in the underground because of radiation or whether you're even in some radiated parts of the of the overworld you have to end up wearing this mask which actually has filters and timers which expire and if you don't change them you can die so that 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 survival element is still there uh the, the 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 gunplay in the franchise is known to be a little janky and that's how it's supposed to be because everything you're using is a makeshift weapon there are very and even the ammo there are different ammo types so like uh you you have a premium ammo type that kills enemies faster and then you have the usual makeshift ammo which you know is it takes longer to kill enemies so you have to decide which to choose exactly exactly and and the premium ammo also becomes your currency in the game world okay so 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 in terms of what to in terms of you know as someone who's who's played the last two games and enjoys uh these kind of you know eastern eastern european takes on post on a post apocalyptic future uh this seems to be very interesting so hopefully we'll see more of it in the months to come it's made by the guys at 4a games and uh it's runs on its proprietary engine so it looks pretty so cool. honestly going from like the description itself it feels like they literally preparing you for the post apocalyptic future yeah it's based on actually it's so real- realistic you're like you need to like make sure you you have enough bullets stashed away you're dodging enemies you're living underground yeah. like a lot of it actually has been taken from a, a series of novels by the same name okay and uh, in fact if it, and even in terms of pure survival it's not uh, as much as what it was in another game called uh, stalker shadow of chernobyl which was based i think on the roadside picnic one of pranay's favorite uh, books of all time mm-hmm. so here's a question will the game release before the mumbai metro is complete Ooh. which one Isn't there just one? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, someone said something about Metro 2B, and I thought this was some near automata. Is stuff, Metro 2B still like a Metro 6? Metro automata. We'll do it. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, other than that, there was one very important announcement at the Microsoft uh, conference. Uh, not Minecraft coming in 4K because that is almost meaningless for most people. Uh, Minecraft is getting cross-play and. Uh, a play together update across every platform including mobile including nintendo switch but not playstation yeah 
Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with Sony's own uh, guidelines and requirements for claims to be safety. And in fact, uh, in an interview today, or I think last night with Eurogamer, uh, Sony's at the time of this recording, uh, Sony's Jim Ryan, uh, who's basically I think the head of marketing, has said that uh, Sony wants to provide a curated online experience. There are kids who go on, go online. What about the children? And the same spiel we've heard from Nintendo in the '80s. Uh, whether that actually holds true or not, we don't know. But this is the stance they're taking. I'm very piqued about this because so, so Rocket League was, an, was announced for the Switch last yes. night, and Rocket League is has cross-platform play on PC and PS4, and now it's going to get cross-platform play on Switch, PC, and Xbox One. How is this going to work? PC is so, a common factor. So here's the thing: uh, even though it has cross-play right now with Xbox, PC, and PC, PS4, you can't actually party up with your friends on different platforms still. This might change when the Switch version comes out because now they'll have three platforms together and it'll get messy, as you say. But uh, Sony's response to this has been pretty, uh, pretty garbage, honestly. Because uh, when the generation just started, FF14, which is an MMO, is available on, was available on PS3, PS4, and PC. And they kept saying that yeah, we support crossplay very openly and all. We're very happy. Street Fighter Five has crossplay. What they didn't realize and what they didn't expect is Microsoft would actually open up in the end. And Microsoft opened up and said, okay, you can do crossplay with whatever you want. And then Sony got like put into a corner because <laughs> they were like, oh, oh God, what are we going to do now? <laughs> so Microsoft is even like Square Enix is even saying that we're in talks and we're trying to get FF14 to work on Switch and on Xbox One. But I have a feeling uh, Sony, like they can't abandon PlayStation for Final Fantasy mm. 14. This is going to actively stop those two versions from existing now because uh, we already have this in in existence and these, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? These uh, these changes to the philosophy by Microsoft have come in later. So if uh, Square Enix wants to do another online game now, Sony's going to lose out. Okay. And uh, with Rocket League, uh, I mean, I, I can understand why Sony tried to act all bullish about that because they have a massive install base. Rocket League was also free on PS Plus and they have yeah. way more users than they do on Xbox. And it's a small game. Minecraft is going to really pinch them because you cannot act bossy about Minecraft. Minecraft goes beyond gaming systems. It's available everywhere. Now you have like the how many hundreds of millions of people who have it on mobile yeah. going to be able to play with the millions of people on PC. And I'm pretty sure it's sold a million copies on Switch already. Hmm. Minecraft has been doing very well on Xbox 360 ever since this launch. So it's going to really be tough for Sony going forward. And Nintendo is being openly about this saying cross-network play. Because now you can safely buy Rocket League on Switch knowing there will be people to play with online. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Because like, Steam has like, when, anytime I go, they have between 80,000 to 160,000 users. Yeah, Rocket which is League. A, which is a great base for Switch users. Yeah, it is. With. And uh, like, these are the same things people worry about when they buy fighting games on PC. Like if you look at uh, Mortal Kombat and Guilty Gear, which are very popular games, they have like under 1,000 people playing on Steam at all times. Tekken just launched and it had, I think, 18,000 people and everyone was showing off about that. The game still hasn't sold more than 150,000. So it's going to be a problem for Sony going forward unless they change. And I have a feeling uh, one or two more big games will come out with this. They'll have to stop. I don't... I, while I do agree, yes, it's a question of one or two more big games coming up. I think it also has to do with... Uh, if you remember on the PS... At least during the PS3 days, there was a game called Mag, which was basically this be-all, end-all, online-only shooter which, you know, promised a lot of things and well-delivered some of them. Sony even had SOCOM back in the day, which was predominantly online. I have a feeling the reason why Sony is probably not too keen on allowing for cross-platform play has nothing to do with, well, security or the children 
or even their own or even their own arrogance but just simply by the fact that for them and their own for the, for them and the way they've positioned themselves it's they want to be the only place to play and at least the only place to play with console which is why pc gets a free pass from time to time but whether whether they, whether they do the same with xbox uh, would seem unlikely unless of course you know the ps5 ends up being a dismal failure and they decide to eat crow i i think uh, what i actually expected was uh, they don't want to have their user base play with xbox because direct competition i thought they'd be open to switch but the rocket league minecraft is owned by microsoft so again like okay assuming that something we neglect rocket league just tells me that sony is not interested in this and they're yeah. going to start losing out now and more importantly let's be honest uh, the the online infrastructure for pc and xbox is a lot better than what it is on playstation network sony might tout how many ever millions of copies of games sold on the playstation network but fact the matter is their service isn't as reliable i mean it, it's a common uh, recurring theme in this office for like playstation 4 owners having to change their mac address of their router or speaking to their isp to give them a static ip <laughs> because for some reason whenever the playstation network feels like it will make sure you can't go online yeah So I I I I this it could just be a situation of scale as well where they probably haven't scaled up to a point where they need to. So there are a lot of factors here and uh, to be honest it just does it's it's not it's not pro consumer regard, regardless how you cut it. Yeah, true that. So finally, uh, Mike do you want to talk about Phil Spencer? Um <sighs> He's all you out love of the love guy, don't you? <laughs> and so lost without you. No, so uh Phil Spencer over the last few months has been doing more damage to the Xbox brand than I think Don Matrick did with the start of this generation and that isn't an exaggeration because he's been saying stuff like uh, oh we don't see the Xbox 1X as competition for the PS4 <laughs> Pro the PS4 Pro's competition is the Xbox 1S uh that doesn't make sense in any way because both the PS4 Pro and the 1X are quote unquote enthusiast consoles and it's going to probably have maximum 20 to 30% of the user base for a long time so i don't know what he means by that and uh, also uh, he has a lot to say about uh, how he's against uh, holding back content and holding back games from other platforms uh, someone's forgotten about rise of the tomb raider and uh, almost every uh, exclusive deal of last gen yeah so basically last generation we've had every call of duty game from call of duty 4 onwards we've had bioshock we've had uh, we we've had essentially every, every big third party we had the fallout games as well so point is the last generation microsoft went to town on timed exclusivity and yeah. spencer was was the guy cutting those deals uh so for him to to, to go ahead and say you know well uh, we're not all for this timed exclusivity is is a bit is a bit annoying and more so when you consider that uh, just because sony's been taking a leaf out of their book and doing it how uh, there should be i mean it's all fair at the end of the day right and it So yeah, I mean it's it's just very amusing to see him try to bend backwards to gratify a community and saying these things just for the for 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 the for the reaction and the goodwill. And I don't know, to me it just seems he's taking his his he's taking his talking notes from another executive we all know and love called Stephen Elop. So <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little disturbing to see the disturbing rather to see what's going on on that space. I mean, you can't you, you can't say that the PS4 Pro is 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 competition to the Xbox One S when your own console the Xbox One X allows for the same shortcut methods to 4K allows for the same shortcut methods to uh to, to rendering games as that does more so when you're positioned as the world's most powerful console and by the way world's most powerful console you'd think would allow for VR 
but that's not going to be a thing on the Xbox One X either. So yeah, it's it's a lot of mixed signals coming from Microsoft on this, and uh, particularly Phil Spencer. And honestly, he should just restrict his public speaking to the E3 events and leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. Like replying to random people on Twitter is not doing him any favors because then he goes and says things like they see more play in that games as a service thing. Oh, and uh, yeah. I mean, like he he's. I think the downfall of what he says started with Scalebound, where when it got cancelled, he said, "We believe this decision is better for Xbox gamers." How was <laughs> the cancellation? That, that's like better. the justification is like people defending Sony for not allowing crossplay right now. Yeah, and uh, it, it's pretty terrible. It's better for gamers. Yeah, it's mm. better for gamers apparently. So uh, very disappointed because he like he had positioned or he had been inadvertently positioned as the good guy corporate for Microsoft trying to bring them back and all, and it it just doesn't seem like it's working. But uh, going back to this Rocket League thing, something very important just came up. So uh, the team at uh, Psyonix said that to enable cross-play for PlayStation and the other platforms is literally a checkbox on a web page and it'll be up and running in one hour. It's a, they said that there's a political barrier which they have to figure out how to crack. <laughs> mm. They told Polygon this. So And they said they can get it running as soon as Sony says yes. It's not going to take any effort other than checking one box on. So yeah, for the players, am I right? So, mm-hmm. so there's a political like barrier. Sorry, sorry. I really hope other developers like take a cue from this because like imagine FIFA is going to sell on PS4 and Xbox the most when it comes out 18 and it's not going to sell the same amount on Nintendo Switch even when it comes out. Mm. And those players are going to be stuck on a subpar experience and a subpar amount of players as well. Which is why EA should look into allowing them to at least play across consoles if not PC. So I think with FIFA they could actually do uh, Xbox and PS4 because both are running nearly the same game. PC obviously have different configurations. They want to keep it separate. Fine. Switch probably won't be possible in this no, case. But the other case you guys have to keep in mind is while that would in an ideal world that would make sense for FIFA. Uh, this could also mean that uh, how, how are you going to manage uh, the ultimate team? You can't have a shared economy across all two or three platforms. It so could that's be madness. What, so that that that's what Microsoft's doing with Minecraft. When you buy DLC now after the update, it's going to be cross-buy. Yeah, you buy DLC on your iPad, it'll work on Switch, it'll work everywhere. It's going to become like uh, when you play Final Fantasy fourteen on PC, if you bought an item, even when you log in on PS4, the item is there. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's that works in EA's favor because at the end of the day... Yeah, you need you, people to buy everywhere. Exactly, it's, you want yeah. people to buy everywhere. It's what Blizzard's doing with Overwatch. I mean, they got me to buy it on all three platforms and buy <laughs> loot boxes on all three platforms. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is pretty disappointing that there's almost no effort required. And this is a reason why Tekken 7 doesn't have crossplay. Uh, uh, Harada said that uh, they, if they did crossplay, they'd be leaving out one console, which is Xbox One. Mm. Because if you have PC and PS4 playing together, Xbox One's dead, essentially. Mm. So this yeah. is actually why I like Microsoft's first-party titles across Xbox and Windows 10. Because like slowly, even without me getting a console, Microsoft has slowly entrapping me. Even the day I get a console... The advantages are towards an Xbox for me because I already have Forza and the more games I buy which are Xbox play anywhere, I'm slowly building a library for a console I don't even own. Yeah, but at the same time, you're also going to be dealing with, when you do get the console, you'll be dealing with some not so savory factors such as updates and uh, more updates and updates I daily. I mean, he's doing that on Windows 10 anyway, right? Windows 10 is even worse with this stuff. Yep. Like yeah, every I day. Know. I mean, it's automatic updates, so I don't really mind the updates. But what, what is happening is, even though I know PS4 has a larger install base in India, it has a larger multiplayer base, it has more games, it has better exclusives. Microsoft's allowance to have you to buy games for Windows 10 when I, when I have a PC is making me sort of split in between beginning an Xbox or a PS4 because I already have an existing library on one console now. Mm. True. But I, I don't know. I still think at the end of the day, it's it's a 
you you end up buying something where your friends are so yeah yeah, yeah true that anyway so i think the i mean longest yeah that i think lasted <laughs> longer than microsoft's yeah. own conference yeah. <laughs> on to better things yes um which i'm not sure are better things but anyway I we're talking would. about bethesda oh uh, the best conference outside of nintendo oh yeah <laughs> So Bethesda. So, was, okay, was, let's start with the good things. I mean, it's every single game announced at this conference is coming in 2017, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the best thing ever. But I mean, you announced a lot of them are re-releases. Yeah, you announced one more How? version of Skyrim. Okay, so so here's <laughs> the thing, right? Fine. There are Not some. DLC. There are some. Re- uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, there are some re-releases. All right, Doom, Doom VFR, Fallout VR, Skyrim. VR, which is yeah, going to be a thing, and so, Skyrim on Switch, and Skyrim on Switch. So yeah, I mean the, the full the the full milking of Skyrim and Fallout is, and soon Doom is in progress, which is well, uh, you know, not unexpected at this stage. But once we leave that aside, there's a lot of cool things to talk about. You got uh, Wolfenstein 2: The New Colossus, which got leaked a couple of days earlier, I think, by one of Amazon's sites. With an October twenty-seven release date, uh, it stars the the protagonist of the first game and its expansion, uh, B.J. Blazkowicz. Uh, it takes place in the U.S., uh, which is under uh, Nazi rule at this time. Uh, he has some cool armor kind of suit thing. Yeah, it looks like uh, Deus Ex actually done well. Yeah, so like, and it's it, it's it's still going with this whole uh, you know alternate nineteen forties nineteen fifties vibe to it. Sorry, nineteen sixties vibe to it, which is looking really cool. Um, and yeah, it, it seems to be. An, a completely over the top uh, Wolfenstein experience. You you can you can dual wield weapons, a lot of explosions, a crazy storyline, and uh, seems really cool. And the 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 Bethesda's choice of trailer music is amazing. Like yeah, it it just this is something you could show off and people would think it's a movie. It was so well done, and because it's eight deck six, it'll actually look this good on every platform. So yeah, very impressed with Wolfenstein: The New Colossus. And uh, other than that, they showed off a very weird reveal for the Evil Within two. Yeah, so the Evil Within two is another game that's been leaked for a while. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Evil Within was a 2014 horror game that hit the PS4, Xbox One. PS3, Xbox 360, and PC at the time. It was a game which is direct, which is developed by Tango GameWorks. It's a studio which was started by Shinji Mikami, maker of the glorious Vanquish and Resident Evil 4. Oh, so it means it's going to be garbage then again. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> so the Evil Within. Uh, what what is what's what's different? What's different between the Evil Within's uh, 2014 uh, release and Evil Within now is that the last time around, I think they had a, almost a year worth of hype. Which uh, I don't know how that worked out for that game. It sold middling to okay and got decent reviews. This time around, they're saying it's out October 13. Uh, it, it's it's a direct sequel. Uh, you'll be playing her as a detective known as uh, I think Sebastian or David or some generic white guy name. Mm. I forget right now. <laughs> uh, but some really interesting stuff happens. You'll be you'll be you'll be visiting a nightmarish landscape with. Crazy villagers and uh, a lot of the cool things, which well should have been Resident Evil Seven, but it's not. So yeah. that seems to be a lot of fun. Uh, this much like the Evil Within, there is a there is an element of choice in terms of gameplay. You can either uh, stealth through levels, you can just ghost your way through, or you can you know go out and out in combat, lay traps down, kill guys. So uh, options are there in terms of gameplay, which is always nice to see. What we don't know at this time is which version of id tech it's running. Now mm. this is no, it's id tech five. <coughs> id tech five, which is a generation old. So if you're expecting visuals to be along the lines of Wolfenstein or Doom, that will not be the case. Mm. Uh, and the first game was notorious for performance issues. So hopefully these are ironed out for this release. Yeah, Doom has visuals. 
Yes. <laughs> it does. Um anyway. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh you want to talk about the dishonored uh, DLC which is actually I mean, a full game according to you is DLC do we really need to talk about it is DLC for a game that didn't sell well either <laughs> <laughs> So basically 99% of the games we ever talk about I know right <laughs> so uh the Dis- dishonored 2 death of the outsider for those of you who are fans of the franchise is kind of a big deal uh simply because the outsider is the puppet master of the franchise he's the person responsible for all the proceedings of dishonored 2 he's responsible for the stuff that happens in dishonored 1 he's responsible for all the stuff that even happens in dishonored 1 dlc and expansions uh much like dishonored 1's dlc you play as dot dot is an assassin who you meet in the first game uh who you have a choice spoiler alert to spare or not and uh so Anyway, so what happened? We didn't get much in terms of gameplay, at least at the Bethesda event. We did see a cinematic where you had one of the characters from Dishonored to uh, free Dodd from 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 a prison where he's ready for one last heist, which is to well kill the outsider, which has a lot of implications because uh, Dodd himself is a thief with supernatural powers, much like Corvo, who is the protagonist of Dishonored One, and could have been your protagonist in Dishonored Two. You can choose between him or his daughter Emily. uh so he has so you have a, a thief with supernatural powers gifted by the outsider trying to kill the guy who gave him his powers in the first place so from a narrative standpoint it seems like a very cool setup that's out in september and uh, again much like the evil within we don't know what performance issues this game might face dishonored 2 was notorious for 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 performance issues on every platform that was in the ps4 pro uh hopefully things are fixed this time around it's running the void engine which is the same tech used which which has parts of it tech in it so hopefully it's a it's a better showing more so when you consider that the the studio behind it arkane the last game was prey while it was a superlative title in every sense of the world it fell short technically uh so if you were owned a ps4 pro uh or even a play, even, or even if you played on any playstation platform there was latency in terms of controls which a lot of people faced the ps4 pro support was just a sticker on the box nothing actually was there in the game so hopefully it's a better showing this time around from a tech standpoint yeah i mean they'll have to do something because uh, whatever happened for prey didn't work out in their favor starting from bethesda's review policy to performance issues to how the actual game was uh, at least received yeah it, it sold really poorly it was discounted it's already available at $20 instead of 60 in many places and it's like less than 2 months from release so yep. mm. it's pretty bad yeah it is so all the bad things uh, no we still have one more bad thing to talk about quake champions mm. which oh. is esports like uh, we're going to get into esports with quake and esports and quake and esports and quake okay now we can talk about no but i mean <laughs> i don't think it is such a bad thing considering esports started with quake and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, but esports have become something else from what they were at that time. I don't oh think yeah. this is going to tap into the same market anymore. No, it won't. Those people have moved on. This is targeting, you know, the hero-based shooters like Overwatch. Except, I don't know how this is going to do. Yeah. So, though, though, I will say one thing. At least Quake Champions gameplay is, is really good from the op from the beta, whatever we've played. It's very twitchy, very fast-paced. Uh, we 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 thought there would be a release date for it. Well, that isn't the case. It seems they're probably going to take more time. Um, is it something where which will catch on? Yeah, I think I agree with Mike. It's a fifty-fifty. Hmm. We'll see. So, um, thoughts on Fallout VR and Doom VFR? Uh, I don't know. Lots of thoughts. Uh, Doom VFR. Uh, while I was actually excited and I was like, finally, you know, like a killer app for VR. Uh, 
I'm actually disappointed to learn that it uses teleportation for movement. Yes, yes. You won't be able to. So it's not free movement where you can use like analog sticks to move or like in some one of those PC peripheral cases, you can actually have like a treadmill like system where you use that to walk around. Uh, they're using this teleportation system to get rid of motion sickness, which is what most people suffer when they play VR. Uh, other than that, the combat looks great. It looks great. I'm not sure how it's going to actually run on PS VR on a standard PS4. Uh, that remains to be seen, but maybe like the magical tech six will actually work in its favor. Uh, other than that, Fallout 4 VR uh, is a massive disappointment. It's a full price release, no discount for people who bought the base game or who, people who bought the base game and spent $50 on the season pass. It does not even include the DLC, so you're essentially just paying $60 to play the base Fallout 4 in VR. We don't even know if this is going to have mod support. And more importantly, if you're wondering which VR platforms it's coming to, it's coming to the HTC Vive. And it's they will not actively even... go out of their way to block it from Oculus if you're one of those owners because they have a big lawsuit going on with Oculus and uh, John Carmack. Yeah, so there's little chance of it coming to Oculus. We may see a PSVR release. It's unknown at this stage. But I don't know. I mean, to me, it just seemed like okay, so VR is a thing. Let's just put Fallout onto it and see where it's, it goes. It's smart from their, their thing. I mean, they're being greedy about it also because Fallout 4 sold like more than 12 million copies. Uh, this is the first PC full VR game. Resident Evil 7 is still timed exclusive to PS4. It's going to come to PC in Jan 2018 on VR. So this is giving PC HTC Vive owners their first VR RPG and it's a AAA one. So Bethesda is aiming to capitalize on that. Yeah. Cool. Um, also, I mean, another big disappointment for me, at least, was the Skyrim coming to the Nintendo Switch. Why is it a disappointment? Uh, the trailer well, looked good. It has Amiibo support, so I can yeah. uh, get to play as Link inside Skyrim and actually make it a good game, maybe. Sure. Oh, and yeah. plus, you even have uh, the Master Sword, which you can use, which is like, quite yeah. cool. Yeah. In another six years, we'll be at, what, E3 2023, and they'll probably be launching Skyrim for whatever platform is coming and out at that time as well. Actually, yeah. I would... No Switch to... Yeah. Actually, I would agree with you. Skyrim on Switch was disappointing, but for me, for completely different reasons altogether. I'm guessing yours are probably have to do with the fact of seeing Skyrim on everything. I wouldn't Make be surprised Elder if my Scrolls coffee mug gets... Six. No. I mean, they even... will, like, when it comes out in 10 years, using exactly the same assets and exactly the same <laughs> engine. But Todd, Todd lies in wait. <laughs> no, so, what, I mean, while yet yeah, that, that too is a point of contention, Bethesda has actively gone out of its way to say and clarify that Elder Scrolls 6 is not in development. But it really bums me out with Skyrim coming to the Switch, and this is something I realize right now, which is odd because we were one of the, we, I think we're the only site to cover this, was the fact that there was an Elder Scrolls game in development for the PlayStation Portable that got killed. And it was based on Oblivion, which had a really in my opinion, had a slightly better lore than Skyrim and had a more, to, had more, uh, and the gameplay was revamped. It was really cool. And we were, and were fortunate enough to have a copy of it running on one of our PlayStation portables at this point in time. So after the Bethesda announcement of Skyrim, I said, wait, uh, this is nice. It's Skyrim, but let me just dust off the PSP and see what could have been. And yeah, it just makes me feel sad in all, in many multiple ways and on so many levels that we're never going to see anything Outside of the Skyrim universe, it seems. Uh, it seems that the trajectory, uh, if anything, which is not Skyrim, will end up being in the Elder Scrolls Online and not in, a, in not in any other form, which is tragic because they're just as good, if not better. I think in that case, Bethesda has probably taken a leaf out of uh, Rockstar's book, what they're doing with GTA 5. Like, we're now going to see a GTA 6 for many years because GTA Online is so, so successful. And which they, and probably Bethesda probably saw that and be like, okay, you know what? 
let's make elder scrolls online as many as we can yeah mm. it seems to be that way yeah so the morrowind thing is also there right yeah, online they, that was the only announcement which made like no sense they just showed a random yeah. video i mean they didn't they didn't need to announce anything because yeah. it's a very big release for elder scrolls online uh, both rishi and i are playing it right now uh they don't need to announce anything but uh, they still they're just reminding people it exists basically yeah. Yeah. that it's not something which is too small to show off at a conference which is something sony enjoyed doing for yeah. some of the best titles coming to ps4 so yeah so i mean but all also and i think bethesda's event was quick snappy to the point there was one other gray area not as bad as microsoft's xbox one x which is still a complete gray area was a uh, bethesda creator club mm. where oh, creation the, club yeah yeah so where club. where they want to move mods to their own platform bethesda.net and do it through this where they want to reward creators for their work and basically they will have paid mods in some form i guess i'm totally on for this because don't expect people to work for free uh but it remains to be seen how they implement it but this is the second time they are attempting this i don't think they are going to give up on it yeah and honestly it's going to be a It, it, this this approach is going to be fraught with friction for a variety of reasons for one uh the pc game the, the mod the pc game community in general is adverse to paying for anything outside of a base game the reason skyrim has sold as well as it did was because of mod support and because well it got a lot of frequent price drops on steam as well and come on man you get an open world game that that lets you punch dragons and lets you uh, modify the files to allow for uh, all your favorite anime waifus to be in the game yeah people will pay for that but when when you ask them to pay for well the ability to add aforementioned anime waifus there's going to be a problem and I I honestly don't think it's wrong on Bethesda's part to charge for this as long as the creators get paid. Because if you look at the situation right now, uh we're in a we're in a very weird space where Steam has basically told whoever's making Dota 2 items that uh, you're going to get less revenue. I think the percentage dropped from 25 to 6%, which is horrific. At the same time, uh you also have to understand that uh there are obviously going to be costs involved for this right you're going to have servers running we don't know what the revenue share is going to be how much bethesda's creators actually get from it and but i think it's a step in the right direction and it's it's also drives home the point that uh while in theory and while in theory it's nice to say that everything on the internet is free and everything digital should be made free and commodity and you know uh subsidized to a large point it can't go on forever the box going to stop somewhere Why, be it out of greed or be it out of sheer necessity i still think it's the right way forward paid mods should be a thing let Does it also mean that bethesda will need its own software client like steam to like distribute the mods yeah they do bethesda.net which so, is their own launcher so, which is oh, what like, they use like for battle.net yeah. Okay. yeah which is yeah. what they use for elder scrolls online and quake champion oh, yeah. okay sorry i didn't know so that. the thing is they have their own client on pc called the bethesda launcher and and on consoles mods are accessible as well so, uh now what i one sticky one stick uh, one sticking point though is that if you enable mods on console you won't get uh, uh, any any you won't earn trophies or achievements you'll so you'll have to disable them if you want all that cool stuff i think it's a i think it's a move in the right direction and i think it's something we're probably going to see more of in other popular games i won't be surprised if uh, if other titles take a leaf out of this uh, going forward you know okay i think it's time to talk about the bathroom break of e3 which is the pc nonsense show 
uh so only thing of note to come out of this is that uh, the original age of empires from 1997 with its rise of rome expansion is going to come back in full 4k assets or whatever uh, that so shows you the problem right that the yeah. original age of empires is the only noteworthy thing of pc gaming show. yep that is true and oh, the only reason see the only reason it's even noteworthy is that that game you can't really buy it right now uh, only way you can play it is you know you go to one of these pirate sites and download the exe you file or whatever no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I, the, uh, there were two, at least. Uh, again, if you like strategy games, there are two other decent announcements. There are DLC announcements. Yeah. We're talking about game announcements. I'm talking about actual game announcements. You had XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, which is DLC expansion pack. Wow. Different. Things. <laughs> are you Microsoft with all the spinning? <laughs> maybe you should. Join, Nintendo. Maybe you should join the Indian cricket team with all the spinning. <laughs> World premiere. <laughs> uh we also had uh, ha- a Halo 2 expand uh, DLC. Yeah. yeah. Halo Wars 2 not Halo, Halo 2. Yeah. yeah, Halo Wars. Now we tried the voice DLC. And uh, there was even someone there was even Lawbreakers uh, which is a game from Gears of War creator uh Cliffy B which is probably which is going to be out I think in August for a $30 price point which is On not PC too bad. On PC and PS4. Yeah, PC PS4. Uh no idea if there's going to be an Xbox launch for Console that. Console launch yeah. exclusive world premiere only at E3. <laughs> at the PC gaming show yeah, yeah. and uh, total war warhammer 2 was also announced i got a release date yeah i got a release date and uh, like a collector's edition yeah. whatever so, so when is it releasing later this year oh. i didn't check the date honestly because to be honest uh, given our experience with the PC gaming show for the last 2 years very little of interest actually comes out of it yeah this all year right. is the exception so uh, i don't think it's an exception but it's all right i mean we can agree to disagree on that so let's move on to more interesting things which is ubisoft started with uh, miyamoto appearing on stage best conference ever so ubisoft copying apple then <laughs> <laughs> best conference ever yeah so Without mario uh, mario plus rabbit's kingdom battle was the highlight of the event for me Oh yes, same here. So, uh, what is rabbits? Can someone explain? So rabbits are oh, basically yeah. what happens when <laughs> when when Ubisoft distills the souls of every internet troll into a Bugs Bunny-like shell. Mm. You know, metamorphosizes you know, into a rabbit. You know, minions, thing. right? Yeah. So imagine like garbage versions of minions mating with Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> And okay. get. cringy or dialogue if even so yeah, yeah so, so yeah. basically what is mario doing there then? so rabbits have invaded the mushroom kingdom uh, and mario and some friendly rabbits like for each character i think there are eight characters and yeah, so a rabbit version for each character it's an oxymoron friendly rabbits yeah okay. so there are like for example princess peach right so there's yeah. a rabbit version of princess peach okay. who, who takes selfies play. yeah you can play as that that character same there's a rabbit so mario rabbit mario, mario like teenage version selfie kind of and you even have guns Yeah. First Mario What? game ever with guns. Yeah, yeah, they have like Metroid like attachments. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Okay. Guns and there's like a sledgehammer like thing yep. as well. It's, it's a tactical uh, RPG. Yes. Yeah. So Nintendo's like turn-based. slightly moving out of its fa- family-friendly vibe. So uh, the thing is, it's still rated E for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so th- this was one of so th- this was a game that was leaked uh, several times in the past. It was mm. leaked prior to the Nintendo Switch even being announced as the Nintendo Switch. It, uh, it was even leaked uh, a couple of weeks before E3 to the point where the entire marketing presentation found itself online. <laughs> uh, the game has a lot of focus on exploration and combat. That's all you'll be doing for most of it. Yeah. There seems to be a leveling up system for each character. Uh, the gameplay is kind of what I'd say is a mix. of uh, XCOM and and your usually and your usual Japanese strategy RPG fare there's a grid based uh, system where you know you 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 you, you go you, you go across each uh, each square uh, per turn and you can even hide behind cover you can even destroy cover so there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to it uh, but what was fascinating is this is i think the first time uh, at E3 
where Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario, wasn't at Nintendo's own conference hmm. or event or its pre-recorded stream, but was at Ubisoft's. So that was pretty cool to see. Showed up on stage uh, to announce the game and uh, confirm what we already knew. It's out August 29. And uh, it seems, to me at least, that was the highlight of E3. I think he, he was at the Treehouse thing. Yeah, but no one saw it. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh. Maybe, but anyway, it was quite surprising to see him make an appearance on stage at a Ubisoft event. Exactly. And uh, I mean, Mario Plus Rabbits wasn't even the focus of Nintendo's own conference. So this was like... I mean, I mean it's a very thing. big deal for Ubisoft because they it's the first time... Uh, another AAA publi- a Western AAA publisher has worked with uh, Nintendo's own IP so closely and uh, they're going to earn a lot from this. Yeah, so the funny thing was that they showed like a shot of the guy who's designing this game, like the head of the project from the Ubisoft end. Okay. And uh, when they mentioned that, I mean, Miyamoto on stage thanked that guy for working with uh, these people and all that. And the guy was like looking really nervous, you know, as if... <laughs> is the, this the real life? Yeah, the whole like pressure of this entire game is on him. And or if is it's a rabbit tanks, fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so so that was like the highlight in my opinion. Yeah, so... Uh, it's running UbiArt, which is I think the same engine used on Rayman. Yeah, yeah, which didn't make an appearance even though it was scheduled to release. The, it still is apparently coming to the Nintendo Switch as Rayman Legends Definitive Edition. How many mentioned. editions are going to release of Rayman Legends? So they Hopefully came everywhere because everyone should play it. Exactly. Really so Rayman Legends came on the Wii U. Uh, Vita. Wii U, Vita, PS3, Xbox 360, PC, PS4, Xbox One and now Switch. Yeah, so it's basically the Skyrim of Ubisoft, right? But it's a good game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's, that's there, yeah. So anyway, um, moving on to other things. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbits is a Nintendo Switch exclusive, right? Yes. Yeah, so yes. that's another reason why I was very surprised. It's the first game that they showed off directly. It's a very yeah. big deal for yeah. Ubisoft because yeah. now they have Miyamoto fighting alongside them when, <laughs> when uh, Vivendi tries and takes over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, the other games that were announced, uh, I suppose we should talk with, uh, start with like the biggest ones, uh, which is Assassin's Creed Origins and then so, Far Cry 5. So Assassin's Creed Origins, again, which was leaked. I think everything at the Ubisoft event was leaked uh, which uh, basically they showed off some gameplay they, they explained that it's a culmination of 10 years of work on the franchise um, the gameplay itself looked really cool uh, it's a mix of Witcher and Skyrim as we already knew a gear plays a uh, plays an interesting role you can modify your stats with that uh, there's a crafting system uh, the many ways to play you can uh, what's what's really nice is this time around you can't one hit kill bosses you actually have to like you know slog it out and the focus, uh, and and all of it is takes place in a timeline that's before the formation of the of the Brotherhood of Assassins, which I think is a is a is really cool source material to see where it all started. And since this is uh, an Assassin's Creed game, you can expect a, a level of uh, a meta layer to it, where you're probably an Asperger employee or some employee of some modern day corporation plugging into some uh, simulation of how your ancestors lived. So I'm guessing that part will also be a part of things along with that whole meta war of uh, modern day war of the Templars versus Assassins plugging into this. Um, and yeah, it seemed to be quite competent, look quite good. Uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, it's, it's made by the same team around who made Black Flag, uh, which was, I think, one of the best games from the Assassin's Creed franchise in recent time. Speaking of Black Flag, there was another game. Uh, see, uh, I think what? Skull, Skull and Bones. Bones. Skulls yeah. and Bones. Skull and Bones. Not Sea of Basically, uh, Sea of Thieves for mature people. <laughs> also known Is that shared world as well? No. Uh, look to be. Okay. Look to be shared world. Uh, 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 throughout the presentation... On the Indian Ocean. Yeah, on the Indian <laughs> Ocean, w- during the golden age of piracy, which contrary to popular belief doesn't mean you'll be fighting against 
uh, de novo it basically <laughs> is uh, on yeah the actual piracy yeah so the he the guy i forgot the name of the guy i'm sorry but he came and made a statement like Captain the average uh, pirate at, at the golden age of piracy lived only about 120 days yeah and i was like that's such a meaningless statement i mean where have you sourced this from what is the point of this uh, nothing really because it had no connection to what came afterwards you know he just said okay now look at the game <laughs> yeah so uh, <laughs> we need some cool start up pirates and nothing turned up on google <laughs> what was interesting was the game is developed by ubisoft singapore uh, that's usually been a support studio for the company it's uh, much like ubisoft's puna studio it's been a support studio where you know they they help on level design they help on a qa they help on certain elements but this time around it's an actual ip that's being done in with guidance from people from the uh, black flag team so there's going to be naval battles there's a persistent open world there seems to be an element of loot uh how ubisoft manage the life services of this would be would be fascinating to see for a bunch of reasons one uh it's something that they focused on a lot with for honor and rainbow six siege and the results have been mixed with for honor i think 95% of the player base has eroded uh same situation i think similar situation rather with the division which is also an online uh, shooter but rainbow six siege on the other hand has gone from strength to strength and is pretty much a legitimate esport at this stage so how they manage this would be interesting more so because i mean let's be honest uh, uh a title which has you on the high seas as a pirate ha- that won't have as much appeal as let's say working a- as a terrorist or counter terrorist using drones and shooting people in the face as rainbow six siege does so that'll be fun to see yeah so we'll see how that works out anyway far cry 5 had a very kickass uh, trailer yeah so far cry 5 basically takes place in the us on us soil another game to, you know to, to ca- that seems to be capitalizing on the popular sentiment of the time in that country uh as it might be accidental though because i'm pretty sure the game went into development way before all the yeah, current crisis happened i agree with you true yeah. true that that i will agree yeah. is the thing uh in terms of gameplay it looked really solid the gunplay looked nice uh it had the usual open world tropes where yeah you can tag enemies with with your binoculars you have allies to help you out like like snipers, the dogs like pilots and yeah like a dog which is good enough to fetch you like you know guns and ammo yeah it, really cool. it actually fetched an assault rifle <laughs> after attacking one Can random you shoot person shoot it after it gets you the gun <laughs> dude <laughs> the i mean head? like that's yeah, what you do somebody shoot throw this question. guy out of the Can't podcast come on. <laughs> that would be better <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like one level your character is down hurt and the dog is like it's like going to save the day. I would really love to see like a uh, some kind of a rig where the dog can just you know bark or bite or something and then it starts shooting a machine gun that's mounted on its head or something. That's I called Call of Duty Ghosts. Okay. Oh. <laughs> would you send to like jail for murder then? Yeah, that's also Oh, you should just question. play Wolfenstein. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, so that that was looking surprisingly fun. Um that's out February 27 next year. Uh, yeah. But it looked kind of finished at this stage. I'm surprised they're not launching it earlier. I Because think- uh, unlike Bethesda, Ubisoft knows when to launch their games. Yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is coming out on October 27th, which is the same day as Super Mario Odyssey and also Wolfenstein 2. So I feel bad for anyone who's working on yeah. Wolfenstein 2 because people are going to yeah. buy your game discounted. So point is, yeah, with Far Cry, I think even though it's moved, a l- I'm a little bummed out that it's moved to next year. It's also a smart move because aside from those three games in November, you have Call of Duty and you have Star Wars. and in september you have destiny 2 hmm. so i mean if you think about it yeah i think the best case situation is do a february release yeah so anyway moving on um, your favorite game of all time uh, rishi just dance 
Yeah, it's coming to the Wii, which is still shocking. I mean, all that's left is for them to resurrect it on the Game Boy Advance, and mm. yeah. So yeah, it's coming to the Wii, the Wii U, and Nintendo Switch. I think it's slightly yeah. not shocking because Just Dance is the kind of game that it's aimed towards the crowd that it still has the Wii and has never bought a console since. Mm. Yeah, that's also true. That's actually a very valid hmm. point. And yeah, so there's also an Indian connection because I think the Ubisoft Puna team works on the PlayStation versions for uh, Just Dance. So that's so there's a Bollywood thing. track in the game. Yeah, there is a. There yes. would be a Bollywood that's, track. That's that's probably the contribution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't that's have PPAP though. <laughs> <laughs> that's a 30 second track, man. Can't still can't, really not can't buying do. if it doesn't have PPAP. Yeah, maybe it has Nyan Cat. Never know. It had one version of it before. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. anyway, moving on. South Park uh, fractured, but W H O L E. That's a game yeah, so that's coming South out. South Park the fractured butthole is <laughs> uh, will will lampoon every superhero movie you've seen. Yeah. Uh, there, it seems to, so. The trailer plays out. Uh, seems to play out the uh, franchise war that takes place in the, in the South Park universe, where it's Eric, where it's basically Eric Cartman and his friends versus the rest of them. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's a bit on the nose, but then that's to be expected because it's yeah. a South Park. South Park yeah. But and and to be honest, I was while yeah, the story elements are pretty cool, and you know, th- there are a lot of jokes on character names. One of them being called Call Girl of all things. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> uh, what w- what I'm interested to see is when it hits is how is how the combat has evolved, because uh, South Park's A Stick of Truth had fantastic, but if not uh, had fantastic, although stereotypical combat. It's super polished, very good turn-based fun, very reminiscent of the Mario RPGs. But uh, this time around, I wonder how if they make any changes to that formula. They showed off gameplay last year, and not this year, which I, which I think is a bit of a step down. And uh, it, it looked pretty competent then. But w- and this is going to be out in October, I think uh, first week October, which is finally finally going to be out. I mean. Since it's been shown off at three threes in a row, it's not even a game I'd consider my best of E3 list because, dude, if it's taken you three years and more to show it off and you know figure stuff out, yeah, it's not. And I, w- I wonder how much of development hell has happened on this game because it's been announced twice. There's been a situation where Sony was refunding uh, pre-orders, so hopefully it turns out well when it shows up. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, finally, they had Beyond Good and Evil 2, which is, I think, uh, I mean, they showed a cinematic trailer for the game. Yeah, so for the second time in, I think, 10 years, uh, Bethesda, yeah. I'm sorry, Ubisoft, Ubisoft yeah. has announced Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, mm. And this time with a more lengthier cinematic, the first time around was more of a teaser with a uh, w- with one of the big humanoid characters. This time around, yeah, big humanoid characters, monkey humanoid characters, humans as well. Uh uh, references to something called as Moksha, references to Yama, and apparently, even though it's called Beyond Good and Evil 2, it's not a direct sequel. It takes place before the events of the yeah, first game. Yeah, it's actually a prequel. Yeah. yeah. It, it had a massive Fifth Element vibe going for it. That's what I felt. Yeah, well, let's see when it releases with these cinematic trailers, as I told you before. Yeah. I really don't believe that they're anywhere near and release. So maybe like 2020, we'll probably hear more about it, probably see a gameplay trailer. So the thing is, we... We've heard a, a lot of conflicting things about Beyond Good and Evil 2 in the past. One, mm. we heard that it got cancelled. Nothing, we heard that. Uh, first, yeah, first thing we heard that it got cancelled. Then we heard that it's in development hell. Then we also heard that uh, it's going to be a Nintendo Switch timed exclusive. Mm. 
uh, and now we finally see something of what it could be. And also, this begs the question: What's going to happen to Michelle Ansel's other game, which is Wild, which was shown off at E3, uh, which was shown off, I think, at Paris Game Show, one of PlayStation's events a couple of years ago, which looked pretty cool. It was this survival. Uh, style wilderness game with a focus on shamanism and magic elements, which I thought was really nice. But maybe that'll take a backseat because of this. We don't know. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. So I think it's finally time to um, reach the really good part of E3, uh, which is first starting with the Sony uh, conference. It was really odd the way they started it because it started with no announcement and just a video uh, playing, and this showed off uh, I think two DLCs. One was Horizon Zero Dawn, and the second one was the Uncharted Incredible India DLC. So, uh, okay, to, to clarify a few things, uh, it's <laughs> firstly it it's it's not exactly a DLC; it's a full standalone game. Uh-huh. And yes, it's called. Uh, I would have actually yeah, gone with the same name if I was in charge. Un- Uncharted Incredible India, but it's been called Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. It doesn't have you as series protagonist Nathan Drake. Uh, his story arc has been played out in the last game. Spoiler warning if you haven't played it. But uh, you do play as... Uh, it seems that you'll be playing as Chloe Fraser, uh, Chloe Fraser and Nadine Ross, two female protagonists, uh, two female characters from earlier games who were very well received by fans. So, and uh, it seems that Naughty Dog hasn't hasn't missed, missed a step. Uh, it seems to have the same production values we've come to expect from the franchise, the same witty dialogue, uh, the same, you know, pulp action style, modern day style feel we've come to expect, reminiscent to Indiana Jones, but not Indiana Jones. And uh, it, it, it focuses on these two characters trying to find something called a Tusk of Ganesh, which requires them to find a bow and arrow and a trident uh, across uh, India. It seems to be the, one of the earlier reveals, I think, showed off a heavily militarized zone, which I'm guessing was Kashmir or a play on Kashmir. We don't know if that's going to be the case in the final release. Uh, hopefully, they're sensitive to local sentiment because this is one game I hope doesn't get banned here. Yeah, you never um, know when that's going to happen, right? And it's a it supports a surprisingly good price point of two four nine nine, which is not too bad, all things considered, with Sony and India. And it's free for anyone who bought the deluxe edition of Uncharted Four. Yes, which is really important because that was available for like twenty dollars at one point. So you're getting yeah. it for half price if you believed in Naughty Dog at that time. So yeah, it it looks to be, uh, you know, uh, the good old same stuff we've seen from Naughty Dog in the past, which is not such a bad thing, (coughs) considering that the next game from them after this is is going to be the the dramatic, heavy Last of Us Part 2, which didn't get shown off at this conference. It doesn't even have a release year yet. It's probably going to be their highlight for PlayStation Experience, which did get announced for December. Yes. Uh, But uh, yeah, other than uh, the Lost Legacy, they showed off... uh, uh, Blizzard, uh, and not the company Blizzard, a cold going north expansion for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Called, what is it called? Frozen, Wild. Frozen Wildlands. Yeah. Which looked really good. You have to take on the monster that uh, protects the mountain or something as they called it. And uh, I'm up for anything Horizon. Like. Yeah. So, th- so yeah, those two were, 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 were just two of the highlights. There were even uh, a whole bunch of third parties. We saw, De- we saw Destiny 2. We saw Call of Duty. Uh, and yeah, in terms of uh, Call of Duty, it was basically multiplayer footage, what to expect uh, when the game's out. Uh, with Destiny 2, it was a little interesting. They announced uh, that, yes, the, the, that they announced what PS4 owners get free, which is essentially, I mean, sorry, not free, but they get as exclusives for pre-ordering. Yeah. One is a multiplayer map called Retribution. Then there's a specific strike uh, mode, and there are some there's some gear and equipment as well. It's, it's not, timed exclusive for yeah. one year to PlayStation. So. And it's not a, that much of a big deal. 
as some people were making out to be. I mean, it's basically cosmetic items in one map, man, in a mode. I mean, one one strike mode. It's not even the entire mode. The stri- strikes will be there on other platforms. Is that this specific strike will be on the on the PS4? It's not like it's not coming to other platforms later. So that was another thing that that was shown off. But the big the big deal for me was God of War. I think before we get to God of War, we should talk about how uh, they essentially invited people for a conference where. Uh, a presenter came out twice, spoke for under five minutes, and they just kept showing trailer after trailer, regardless of gameplay, cinematics, or whatever. And it ended in an hour. Uh, I was a little disappointed with uh, them hyping up Japanese reveals when they only showed off one and one point one things. I'd say. Yeah. But ma- uh, before we get to the bad things, God of War looks fantastic. Does she want to talk about? So good. So uh, the point is, they talked about. They showed off a trailer where uh, essentially you're, you're Kratos, you have a son, your son suffers from some some sort of curse and you have to travel with him across this amazingly rendered Norse realm. Uh, they, uh, you, you'd, at one point it appears that you're going to get help from a giant serpent or you might fight it. Uh, even there's even a mysterious voice which what seemed to be the antagonist of the game which might be a Norse god who doesn't take too kindly for Kratos's intrusion into their realm which could probably hint at how Kratos got to the Norse areas to begin with which is pretty nice uh, the combat is a little more deliberate than what it was in the last few games so if you're expecting a hyper fast blazing god of war one or god of war 2 which to be honest weren't that hyper fast and blazing to begin with they were on the slower side if you compare them to other games like bayonetta or devil may cry but yeah fast enough for some people if you're expecting something similar to that that's not the case um you you have axes you you might you may even use skulls as a weapon at one point of time or at least so that seemed and uh, there's magic as well so and at, and at some points in time it even showed uh, kratos's son being able to be used in combat so how this plays out will be very cool, very interesting. It's nice to see a God of War game with such a large focus on narrative. I felt that was missing in the previous games, whereas, where the entire story could be summarized as uh, angry Spartan wanting to kill everyone. Oh, you don't like like uh, going, pulling a lever, fighting people, then having some story and repeat for like three games? <laughs> Four games if we count. Uh, five games. No, seven games. No, the the PSP ones were actually good though. No, so there were two PSP games. And uh, we don't count Ascension. There's two PSP games. There's Ascension. There's God of War. There's six games essentially you have to do all this. So yeah, I, I like the... Uh, it's due for a change. And I think it's... It is a reboot direction. essentially. They're just yeah, calling it God reboot. of War. They're calling it a soft yeah. reboot. And it's like, coming early 2018. A release date and collector's edition has been leaked for late January. Which yeah. I believe it might release in because Sony always does their big exclusives or... Uh, as in not the super big exclusive but they do lots of stuff early in the year so I would expect this to hit March as the same time every other game in the franchise has come out but yeah I mean I wouldn't rule out Jan either and it's a for for those of you who don't know God of War is a massive game for India uh, the first, uh, God of War 3 alone at that time with that install base on the PS3 did a day one quantity of 10,000 units uh, which at that time was pretty 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 damn good and it's, it's a consistent seller across platforms. In fact, it's one of the games Sony can count on to sell very well in this country. So, Yeah, yeah. alrighty then. So, moving on. There were uh, some other games which were shown off. Uh, I believe Days Gone was one of them. But yeah, they showed off a lot of uh, stuff from last year and the year before that. Which was like stuff which was already announced. We got new videos, new gameplay. And in some cases, release windows. Uh, I, I find it a little funny that Gran Turismo Sport, which is basically their racing exclusive and a huge franchise... Uh, they showed off a new trailer, announced this coming in fall 2017, and that was done at the pre-show. It wasn't even at their main conference where yeah. they wasted like 10 minutes showing off uh, Final Fantasy 15 VR fishing. Like, maybe it says something about their conference in the next Gran Turismo. Then 
that the, the fact that it's not being showed when everyone is watching it's just being side mm. shown that probably shows that they're probably not that confident in the game itself yeah they probably are worried that forza motor uh, motorsport 7 will be better or something i mean it can be better but like one grand turismo even the worst one has probably outsold the full forza franchise so they yeah, don't so. it's like uh, is activision worried about call of duty like they don't care even if they literally reskin colors and release <laughs> it it's going to have at least 5 million sold so, so. basically <laughs> call of duty goes again yeah <laughs> so, so they they yeah. also spend a lot of time showing off new vr games and uh, some vr games which were on other platforms coming here which is good for people who have ps vr because uh, some of the vr owners have been getting a little antsy is vr the new vita or something but they spent a good amount of time they showed off a lot of vr exclusives like uh, bravo team the inpatient then this final fantasy nonsense was exclusive uh, star child is another exclusive and uh, elder scrolls skyrim vr is happening and there's a full price release <laughs> so yeah i mean and it's good to actually see focus on vr because if you look at it so uh, just after the event sony made uh, news public that it sold uh, 60.4 million ps4s mm-hmm. prior to that we know that vr hit 1 million units sold which is more than both the other pc vr platforms combined yeah it's it's more than both vive and oculus combined but it's still not where it should be in terms of critical mass right however at the same time it's good to see sony still still showing faith in the platform unlike a certain other platform called the ps vita and ps vita tv but uh, that's another discussion for another time yep uh, uh, that aside it also begs the question right is this is this going to be the final form of vr for this generation could we see a more improved version in the in the years to come uh, will we even see uh, vr being cross i mean it is it does work on pcs so would we see something similar there what's their approach I think that's this is probably why Microsoft is very worried about right now doing VR anything with Xbox is because Spencer has said in interviews he doesn't believe the whole wired method is the way to go for living room VR because you have wires going everywhere with the PC you are much closer to the system which I agree with him that it is much easier in that sense and that's why probably why we haven't seen what Microsoft is going to do with VR in terms of Xbox and which is why probably PlayStation is not selling right now is because one it isolates you so you know cannot have a shared experience with someone even sitting on the couch with you and w- watch the game and two it doesn't really work if your living room is not big enough and three if you don't have the enough space no psvr has nothing to do with the not really such a big deal with the living room stuff i think vive you need to worry about that stuff a lot more and vive has a lot more wires as well yeah but yes. vive also has this those the whole room, room scale yeah, yeah so yeah, room scale so psvr actually works in confined spaces as well i mean all the demo stations which they have are pretty small so yeah so i mean more than for psvr it has less to do with uh, size of the room more to do with lighting but uh, it is it is a valid concern because at the end of the day whatever the size of your living room do you want it to be decorated in wires 24/7 is a is a valid point i do see where you're coming it's from. not it's not like how a console should be with pick up and play basically yeah. exactly. it requires a lot of setup so yeah. they need to fix that uh, we might see them do something with uh, ps we are probably not changing the actual core tech but changing how it connects to the system because people who have hdr have problems with vr right now with some pass through yes, issues and okay. also they need to fix that stuff probably uh, if we see a ps4 pro slim or something come out we might have better connectivity with vr ps4 pro 1x vr <laughs> so uh, other than that sony had like uh, i'm surprised that some of the bad stuff shown off i mean they uh, marvel versus capcom infinite looks really terrible uh, it looks worse than marvel versus capcom 3 and it has a lot less content so it looks like a at least street fighter 5 looks decent this one looks terrible yeah so mm. when is it releasing it's releasing on september. i think yeah september something so the thing is uh, marvel versus capcom infinite 
seems to be taking its story pegs from injustice which is not a bad idea because mm. injustice's story mode is a lot of fun but at the same time it also goes to show how creatively bankrupt the entire fighting game space is <laughs> where if you're only where if your only point of reference happens to be injustice yeah there is it, it does seem a little sad cuz and you can, which is tragic cuz you can do so much more with the marvel universe you have so many story arcs to play out you but have so many plot points to play out they've been going for this they're going for a cinematic marvel universe so it's it's more like cinematic marvel versus capcom and mainstream capcom infinite basically because it has only like 24 characters in the roster right now which is i think a massive downgrade from the last few yeah it is it is games it looks terrible uh, whatever i wish they didn't show it off but the yeah. other thing capcom showed off was uh, monster hunter world which is a big deal for a variety of reasons uh, this will be the first monster hunter game to come to playstation and xbox and pc later uh, which isn't on a nintendo platform uh monster hunter jumped ship from psp and ps2 to nintendo hardware a long time ago and people were like oh this is a betrayal how can you betray your fan base and the same things happened right now mm. this is a next gen monster hunter made which will launch simultaneously worldwide will let online people play together across the world obviously not cross platform because for the players mm. uh, <laughs> it's coming out in early 2018 and uh This is a big deal because it's not coming on Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch has a Monster Hunter game which is releasing Double Cross. Double Cross in August in Japan. That's not been announced for the West and I don't think it will because at least as of now because they've been saying no this is the Monster Hunter for the West. This is mainstream. This is the new Monster Hunter and it's made by someone uh, by it's being directed I think by the person who worked on Monster Hunter 4 hmm. which is really good. So that was a very huge deal and this was basically the only Japanese game announcement after uh, Jim Ryan said uh, yeah Japanese console uh, Japanese developers are coming back to console as if there were going to be multiple releases and announcements so that was a little disappointing uh other than that uh, Yakuza 6 was there right that was no, Yakuza 6 yeah. wasn't at the it was, it yeah, was Yakuza yeah. Kiwami yeah. is a remake of Yakuza 1 the PS2 game for PS4 Yakuza 6 is a brand new Yakuza game both are coming out within the next 12 months both are exclusive to PS4 and yeah they weren't shown off by Sony yeah. but uh and so need decided to waste time on final fantasy 15 fishing yeah so but <laughs> at the end of it i mean i i can understand why why some long time sony fans would be disappointed with this conference uh yeah sure you had shadow of the colossus which is being remade for uh, for the ps4 but then uh at the end of it you also have to understand how high the bar was set in the last two years mm. you had uh, one conference which basically had shenmue 3 Last final Guardian Fantasy and FF7 remake. Yeah, and, and Final Fantasy VII, Last Guardian. You had another conference that that brought back God of War. So the bar has already been set extremely high. Mm. Uh, there was the the only thing which is dramatically new, at least personally speaking, was Spider Man, where yeah. uh, you where they actually showed off a lot of gameplay, a very substantial chunk of gameplay, which is to me a good thing because this is a game where I think has more potential than Sony would like us than Sony believes. Uh, the Spider Man games have been in the past. pretty solid more so than uh, and before batman arkham was a thing the go to sp- superhero game was spider man uh and it, it seems to borrow a lot of of its uh, of its points from from the arkham series there is a there are there is qt based combat there is stealth based uh, approach to gameplay uh there there are some really cool set pieces that have you chasing helicopters the web slinging seemed great i think it it was a good 
wait and the conference yeah however i mean one thing i noticed was that the momentum of spiderman seemed like pretty same like you know whether he's swinging from like a tall building or like a short building his speed is the same so clearly you know that's one thing which i mean b- because you want to do the cinematic thing in the trailer yeah, yeah so you want to like keep the speed constant i guess yeah. but i hope in the game actually you experience like that yeah, it, you know yeah it would be the case yeah. because uh, in uh, because even if you look at other other titles in the past like uh, um sunset overdrive hmm made by the same studio mm. uh essentially the the way traversal worked did allow for a certain sense of pace and a certain boost yeah. to allow you and i'm sure this will be the case here because you can't have that same staccato pace of play through and through that yeah. wouldn't make sense for yeah. a game like this yeah. uh and what was and what though though a little bit on the, uh, what i found well Sean Layden did take pot shots at the competition because he uh, said that the one true exclusive mm. and showed off Spider-Man <laughs> but which is i also ironic was because most because a lot of what was shown off was exclusive PlayStation platforms I think mm. the reason he said that is because a lot of people have been wondering since uh it's Marvel and since it's such a big thing it's not exclusive they've been saying is it time because Insomniac isn't owned by Sony either neither is Spider-Man yeah but Sony have the rights to Spider-Man from the, the movies, movies. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i think yes. this was part of some deal because this is uh, a PlayStation 4 exclusive and uh, Insomniac have been known to make mostly PlayStation games with Ratchet and Clank although they did make Sunset Overdrive and Resistance which was on the on the PS3 and Vita mm. so speaking of the movie division though i'm not i'm surprised that they're not like coordinating or probably the development did not work that way mm. not coordinating Spider-Man Homecoming is coming yeah, it's in, in july, a couple of right? weeks in yeah. july yeah. the first week and the game is 2018 without a month Mm. So you're clearly not capitalizing on his momentum. Is there another? Is, is there another movie coming out next year by any chance? I mean, yeah. So Spider-Man will be luckily in Avengers: Infinity War. So okay. if they hit the May-June schedule, if the game comes out, then they'll be okay. Oh, that'll work perfectly because I believe they market the Lego Marvel uh, game. So the next one's coming out. Uh, yeah, no, the Lego Marvel superheroes no, wait, two wait, might come. That's coming out this year as well. So, <laughs> so clearly, no one's like really in tune yeah. to like how they yeah. should. Because that's the biggest growth like driver of these games I, I don't know I, I i would disagree uh simply because uh if we seen with the batman games they never needed a movie to show up they were they were great on their own merit and i think there is a, i think the audience for these games are uh, i mean if it's a good game they'll pick it up that's how i see it true and uh, it's like i said i mean i think the only even if you look at arkham city when that came out and if you look at a uh, dark knight was i think a year or two before that yeah so i, I don't see this being a a, a problem at all I don't think it has to sync up. It does help yeah. in recall, but I don't think it's going to impact it in any possible way. Yeah, true that. So I think it's time to move on um, to the Nintendo conference. It was not really a conference. It was basically a pre-recorded video, 25 minute long, which was shown off. Made it incredibly difficult for us, those of us who were sitting and covering that event, because some of the things were shown off for like 30 seconds or one minute, and then you're supposed to write something about it. I was like, uh, what is happening, Nintendo? Because honestly, given the stream to like press beforehand with an embargo, like how yeah. does it yeah, make a difference? Like, it's not like mm. you're performing live on stage. Yeah, but then stuff leaks, right? They don't want to yeah. prevent. They need yeah, to have yeah. that shock value and uh, they they've always been doing this nintendo direct as they call it where it's pre-recorded they show off stuff and then they have like uh live people playing stuff announcing stuff in fact they even had two big announcements after the nintendo direct got over because they said that first of all they lied about the direct they said it's going to focus only on switch games coming out in 2017 and they pulled a sony and announced like shocking everyone metroid prime 4 Mm. is in development for nintendo switch they also announced the new kirby game which is 2018 for switch and uh, a yoshi game which is also 2018 for switch but 
this is nintendo using unreal engine 4 which is a very big deal yeah that yeah. hasn't happened in the past also uh, let's not forget the pokemon rpg which is in development oh yeah so, so yeah. that was the thing <laughs> that was just, just bait mainline, it's just a mainline pokemon game uh, <laughs> pokemon games in general are rpgs but i don't think most of the fan base at least those in india even consider them to be rpgs they just consider them to be pokemon and it's also because of lost in translation thing because they were all like yes. dubbed right for us right yeah mm. so uh that one's coming out so probably pokemon 20. stars or whatever right yeah, the pro- sun moon now stars are left possibly stars yeah <laughs> uh and, and then ultra stars yeah. but then though we don't know we though, though one thing which which could make this not have the stars moniker is the fact that he said it's built ground up for the switch which could also mean that it's brand new in terms of gameplay in terms of quests in terms of content mm. in terms of story so we don't know about that just yet um what is also of interest was yes uh uh Xenoblade Chronicles 2 which yep. uh, which was rumored to be delayed but doesn't seem to be the it's case it's releasing holiday 2017 which is a very big deal because uh, with uh, Nintendo's been going for one big game quote unquote or one big exclusive every month since they launched the Switch and it's almost held true because uh, we saw Breath of the Wild uh, what do we have in April April was sort of Super Mario, uh, Mario, Mario Kart, Kart 8 yeah Mario Deluxe. Kart 8 Deluxe 2 at the end of April then you had minecraft and yeah. disgaea 5 and ultra street fighter 2 which is garbage but it's an exclusive yeah. uh, you can have arms now june june we have arms july of splatoon 2 august you have mario versus rabbids yeah uh, what do we have in september not sure super uh, chronicles 2 no that's no, winter holiday yeah september is probably as october of now, is Ma- super mario odyssey yeah september right now has nothing but might get skyrim since yeah. that's fall and september is fall Uh, then there's October's Mario Odyssey. Then November and December there's nothing. So one of them will be Xenoblade, which yeah. is a very big deal. And uh, yeah, basically they've been killing it this year. So they announced and release dates. It's going to continue next year based on the stuff they've announced. Because I'm uh, pretty we sure we don't know if everything's going to come out one year at a time, but one month. Like every big game comes out yeah. in a month, but. Yeah, like so far they've gotten a lot more people interested. I think interested. September is that Pokémon tournament. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah, yes. Pokken. yeah. That's yeah, why Pokken. we forgot about it. It's, yeah. it's pointless. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. So yeah, that and then they also announced Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, they didn't announce it. They showed off more gameplay and uh, yeah. it has a release date, I believe. I think, I think that's also September. Yeah, guess and so. And that's for 3D. And that's like and June also has Legend of Zelda DLC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like wait, like we said, way too much stuff announced. So. Yeah, but still no virtual console. Yeah, still no virtual console. If you want virtual console, buy SNES Classic Mini, <laughs> which you won't be able to buy because it will sell out everywhere. Yeah. But uh, no, the Fire Emblem Warriors is interesting because it's the uh, third exclusive new 3DS, new 3DS exclusive retail release from Nintendo. So yeah, it's coming to both Switch and this thing, and it's a it's in the vein of the Samurai Warriors, Hyrule Warriors games. uh where you have hack and slash gameplay against hordes of enemies in the fire emblem universe so mm. that's going to be very interesting i'll pick it up on both but uh zelda dlc looked really good tempted to pick that up but it's coming out end of the month i was actually surprised they didn't have anything and they announced and they say oh it's available right now go and download it mm. yeah i think that's also i think it's called arms though um pretty much like that's arms. coming out on friday so yeah so more or less there right same week No, no I, I mean, yeah. One, obviously, you don't want to take anything away from Arms, mm. and secondly, also the other thing is uh, production timelines have to match up, and that didn't seem to be the case. What is though? Aside from these, you know, exclusives, what was also nice to see was Rocket League, 
yep. where uh, where it's going to be available in the holiday season. It's going to be cross. Uh, oh, that's that's probably going to be released the month which is not Mario. Uh, which yeah, might be because it's it's, yeah. ho- it's holiday as well. So I'm guessing Zeno not Zenoblade. Zenoblade and Rocket League will make sure November and December are covered. Yeah, and yeah. also it uh, it will be the same price on other platforms, twenty dollars, and they'll have exclusive content like they do on other platforms, like in. Uh, on Xbox, you have the Halo and Gears of War stuff. Over yes. here, you have uh, Mario hats and customization items, and you'll have exclusive cars. Yeah, so who knows? You might just see Mario Kart in Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that was a very big deal, and because now I get to play uh, Rocket League Portable, so it's day one. Unfortunately, I really wish it was releasing sooner, but uh, now that Rocket League's coming, I just need Overwatch, and then like. <laughs> what, I, what I like about Nintendo's continued push for uh, Switches. That they're getting developers to make local multiplayer for games that don't have local multiplayer. So Rocket yeah. League is now going to have local multiplayer. That means you can have two, three Switch consoles in one room and just play together. Yeah, yeah. Or don't even in the same one, you can have no, two, two players. That, like, I don't you? think that's same possible. Same one, I'm not sure. Because same one does exist on everywhere. So that's not yeah. unique because PS4, Xbox, I don't and PC think have that. They said it'll come to this because portably, I don't think it'll have the horsepower uh, to do yeah. it. Because yeah, they're going to target enough. 60 but FPS. It, the yeah. fact that it has local multiplayer is big enough that you can actually don't have to connect to the internet and you can just play across yeah. Yeah, the same room. Offline local multiplayer is proving to be like a really it's it's proving to yeah be which means you can with switch you can do gaming which you can't do with other consoles but firstly it's yeah. portable mm. and secondly you can do it in no network zones yeah and also with nintendo they have so many of these amazing ips right like mario and uh, fire emblem and but everything. like this the like the mario odyssey trailer i'm pretty sure everyone liked it yep like, yeah, yeah so yeah, without that's question. gonna be out i think uh, october 27th october and like october i i really didn't think they'd be able to top super mario 3d world which was amazing on uh Wii U, but like this just looks like it's gonna blow it yeah, away. You know the most amazing thing about that uh, trailer was what, that. What you get to uh, become a frog? No, Dinosaur. basically you b- get to become like a, a series of Goombas which are lined on top yeah. of each other. So it's like a ladder of Goombas yeah. that you just you know control so, yourself. It it it'll be fun to see whether uh, Nintendo focuses more on gimmicks on this game like transforming into a, into a Goomba or actual level design because it's, go, it's, it's be managed both. to do both it's managed to do both with previous games it's managed to do that very well with Super Mario 3D World with Mario Galaxy uh, with and all of them from the you know the godfather of the entire 3D franchise with uh, Super Mario 64 so hopefully this will continue in the same vein I don't think it'll be as open world as people perceived it to be I have a feeling it'll have less of that. It'll be like it'll be like different uh, areas, like uh, except like imagine Yakuza, how the Yakuza Kamurocho is that small yeah. open esque area. Yeah. There'll be multiple of those. Basically, you'll have different worlds where you go, do a lot of stuff, unlock stars, go to the next level. Is the is the level progression going to be like the world map which we saw in? Uh uh, Super Mario 3D World or would it be something like as organic as it was in uh, Super Mario Galaxy so th- that's one thing which we don't know just yet um, but yeah it looked pretty cool they look like the areas look really different so I'm not gonna, I'm not sure how they'll actually connect maybe there'll be a portal or something like that but uh, they did announce five amiibo for this and uh, Bowser, Zelda and Mario wearing wedding dresses so, <laughs> uh, and, and also you can have Bowser marry Mario with Amiibo so uh, wow. what? What? I mean the one, one person is holding one hand out the other person is holding the other <laughs> so it's like imagine a wedding cake with Bowser and Mario <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but yeah like more, more more Amiibo to buy basically Princess Peach just running around crying yeah, yeah. no one saving me anymore <laughs> yeah all right, but, so um, Metroid Prime 4, was there any hint of a release timeline for no, that? No, they just said no. it's in development, in development for Nintendo Switch, which uh. was enough to satiate everyone. Uh. But they surprised everyone else with the like the first announcement that came out of the Treehouse stream, which was there's a remake of Metroid 2 coming to 3DS in September, hmm. and it's called Metroid Samus Returns, hmm. and it's made by Mercury's team 
who made some of the Castlevania 3DS games. Yeah, the, that too has Amiibo as well, I think. Yes, it has yeah, two yeah. Amiibo and one of them is squishy. So that opens up a lot of possibilities for Senna and Kagura Amiibo. Do not Google this. Yeah, <laughs> so the point is uh, Mercury's team also made the Castlevania mainline games on console, which are also pretty good. Mm. So it's nice to see them back on their feet making uh, uh, making the Metroid game. What's also cool is that they they showed off uh, uh, Mario Superstar, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Yeah, so Mario and Luigi one of the not the first mario luigi game i think but yeah. mo- the one of the recent ones which isn't playable on 3ds is getting a 3ds remake in the form of mario and luigi superstar saga and bowser's minions or something yeah. mm. not the bad kind of minions the good kind so so rabbits <laughs> no <laughs> so it's getting uh, remade and it it retains its pixel art visuals but higher resolution with uh, 3d lighting which gives it a very interesting look uh, it's coming out very soon i think early october uh, for 3DS, very excited for it because now the like you'll have so many Mario and Luigi RPGs playable on 3DS through DS backward compatibility and how many of them? They're like three of them on uh, or two of them on 3DS. Yeah, yeah, there are two of them right now. So yeah. Dream Team and that Paper Jam Brothers. Yep. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. This actually got leaked by the eShop servers a while ago. Someone managed pulling out an image which revealed the name and this. So yeah, excited for that. I think that was it for the Treehouse stream. They just showed off more gameplay for Mario. They had very nice presentation for Xenoblade. Like, I can't get over how good the music is in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, yeah. which is expected. So, yeah. So, yeah, that. Yeah, all right. So, I think that covers the Nintendo event as well. That covers E3. Yeah, more if or you, less. If you've heard this, <laughs> you don't have to read anything else. We've covered what you covered. <laughs> Can we go to sleep? Though? Favorite uh, games or moments uh, from E3? I think my favorite moment was Miyamoto appearing on stage at Ubisoft's conference and them uh, with that, uh, I forgot his name. What's the name of the Ubisoft CEO? Use Gilmo. Uh, use Gilmo, like uh, both of them wielding that gun from Mario versus Mario plus rabbits yeah. and them dancing around on stage <laughs> using that gun. So that was really like funny. Uh, but yeah, from a game standpoint, I think I'll go with a really uh, safe choice. That's probably uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, looked really really good I'm like most excited about that game and it's also coming out this year which is like a major plus in my book so yeah who wants to go next Akhil uh, as someone who's always been on the fence of buying a console I'm really excited to see that Microsoft is continuing to push its play anyway titles so all the games they are making first party they're gonna come to Windows so that was like really good for me as well hmm. so is that the only thing you're looking forward to not buying a switch <laughs> no, I'm still, uh, Switch is, is outside the console race, right? Because it yeah. has titles which no one else will ever get. Yeah. But the fact that Microsoft is making so many titles like Trackround, Forza 7, for Windows 10 available hmm. the day of release is really exciting as a PC gamer. Yeah, so his favorite moment is basically the Box 1 double cross announcement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm not buying the Box, I'm just buying their games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably still confused about best moment. Probably like a tie between uh, what was announced before E3... Uh, Atlas is localizing some of their 3DS games, which I've been waiting for over a year. There's this dungeon crawler called Etrian Odyssey 5, which I've almost considered importing and using uh, homebrew to get region free. What? Oh, just because you can't play these games. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, that and Wolfenstein 2, like super excited for for that. And like, I already have a Switch, so I'm buying all that stuff. Xenoblade 2 being still releasing here is a very big surprise and a good one at that. So, Mm. yeah. Low point is 
basically a lot of what Microsoft announced. I mean, like, Crackdown 3 was supposed to, like, showcase a lot of stuff and it turned out to look, like, trash. I don't know what happened to it. Like, it seemed like it has a lot of development problems, but, yeah. That yeah, was I mean, point. if you're talking about low points, I think I'll pick out Days Gone as mine because, I mean, yeah, zombie... Yeah, that actually look pretty good. Whatever, I think, man. I think he's this, afraid of zombie bears. Yeah, yeah this, exactly. I, this, mean, this, I am really, like, sick of all these zombie games and nothing can ever talk So, half of E3. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. And, and nothing can... Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. I mean, Valve made the best zombie game ever. So after that, why do you even want to continue in that? Wait, Valve makes games? Yeah, used to. <laughs> Dota 2 is a zombie game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, what about you? What was your low point, Rishi? So honestly, uh, let's let, let, let me get the obvious out of the way. To me, this is the best E3 ever. Mm. For one simple reason, there was no none of no fluff, no garbage. It was all killer, no filler. It had all the cool announcements. There was no drama. There was no waste of time on stage talking about cross-media connected experiences or look how many games we sold on our hardware or look how well our hardware sold. It was all about the games dead front and center. And I think this is how it should be. Uh, you know, no waste of time. It's all about the cool stuff we want to hear. So yeah, to me, generally, best E3 ever. What was really, and uh, best the best single most announcement was, I agree with Pranay completely, Miyamoto at Ubisoft was amazing and unexpected. I thought that was really, really cool, no matter how cheesy you might others might think it is. Uh, low point, uh, well, I think it'd probably have to be, I mean, if at all, the, the fact that, I mean, we're living in a world where my coffee mug would probably get Skyrim next year. Mm. Uh, it's a little tragic, sadly, I mean, because... I mean, I get it, man. I, I I understand it from a business standpoint why this is needed and why this is important. But it also devalues the fact that it this is a really cool game about punching dragons in the face. So, yeah. Yeah, that. well, and while Forza Motorsport 7 looked really, really good, like insanely good, yeah. uh, I still am very disappointed with the fact that this whole world premiere exclusive, exclusive, yeah. exclusive turns out to be I'm basically not, I'm not falling exclusives. for Forza Motorsport again. Like, I got burnt on Forza <laughs> yeah. 6. You can show me whatever you need to show me. Strippers on cars if you want. I'm not buying it. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of games... <laughs> I need Forza so, Horizon. So, yeah. you know what? Uh, the thing is that uh, they've been speaking about... I don't know if you read that article in The Verge where that uh, guy got access to uh, Turn 10 Studios and I think Playground Games is development of uh, Forza. Uh, and they said that because these studios are working with each other, both games are getting better. So, the improvements that you see in Forza Motorsport they 7 are, now... Like Forza Horizon 3 had much better visuals. It had better yeah, driving, yeah, better customization yeah. also. But the core was it's an arcade game. It's for fun. Exactly. It's, so, not a, it's not some game where you're supposed to listen to stupid engine sounds and drive on some stupid small track and say oh my god skyboxes so yeah skyboxes the next Forza Horizon game will definitely benefit from this yeah it's gonna have much better visuals and like that might be something which will make and also Forza Horizon 3 is getting a free 4k update so yeah that's yeah that's that's it still costs 4k all first party titles (laughs) are getting a 4k update yeah they are yeah so yeah coming back to like my favorite game before we got hijacked by Forza of all things yeah. uh, was it's a pretty much a three-way tie between uh, uh, Ra- Mario versus Mario plus Rabbids because you know tactical RPGs are pretty cool especially when presented in such a fashion uh, Dishonored uh, the death of the outsider because you know big Dishonored fan and uh, Spider-Man because yeah big Spider-Man fan so mm. looking forward to those three in particular and uh, yeah I mean it, to me it was like I think one of the best E3s in a long time, simply because there was no wastage of time, no drama. Uh, in the past, we've seen uh, we we've seen the likes of Mr. Caffeine take the stage, and if you Google it and check out the YouTube videos, yeah, it's it was pretty bad. We had we had the likes of uh, executives telling us that you need to work two jobs to you know get a console, or that 
or or hear stuff about giant enemy crabs and all sorts of <laughs> meme level material this was actually great yeah. so hats off it seems that the industry learned something yep. not oh. hats off like caps off because super mario odyssey <laughs> yeah i guess now we can switch <laughs> off the podcast yes. right yeah we really need to almost to us and i think i'm going to die editing this one <laughs> all right so that's all we have for this episode of transition and we will see you with another episode which is hopefully not as long next week and you can find us on facebook twitter youtube and but instagram but before that uh, where's the music from uh, <laughs> <laughs> i will let you know so yeah, you can soul, bro. Uh, Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Gadgets360. Mike is on Xbox P3 on Twitter. Definitely go and yes. leave a lot of hate <laughs> for him. You can and email Rishi us. Rishi is at YOSP on Twitter. <laughs> Guys, no, so that's basically I'm at Rishi Alwani on Twitter. Mike's at Failgunner on Twitter. And no. Uh, <laughs> and no. It's a protected account. Nobody can see anything. <laughs> yeah and uh, all all that aside uh, do check out gadgets360.com for everything e3 uh yeah yeah and uh, you can email us as well you know for all those of you who are traditional podcast at gadgets360.com and finally the music for this episode comes via magnus solai polson whose game i mean game soundtrack pp 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 is where all the songs are from thanks for listening mm-hmm.